0: Welcome back, folks. We're at the Ball and Breakfast podcast here. I'm Patrick Miller alongside Wayne Pua. Uh, Brand new edition. We're staying on the same themes. We're going through week three reaction to NFL games this past weekend. We're also going to touch on some topics in the NBA that have been trending as well as NFL MLB um, too. So, uh, you know, stick with us here. Uh, Thanks for any sort of subscriptions uh follows likes comments on any of our social media channels especially YouTube it's nice to get those you know uh, analytics going get us closer to monetizing as well as any sort of following on on instagram feel like we've you know done a good amount of damage over the last few weeks or so getting new followers Wayne actually posted about his trip to New York uh you know as of last weekend he was there to see Aaron judge um, also put together a reel that's Now over 4,000 views, uh, 100 plus likes on it. So maybe we'll just uh, start there at, you know, your experience in New York and also maybe talk about Aaron Judge uh, and his whole chase to, you know, take down the big record that was established by Roger Maris. Uh, We're not going to talk about Barry Bonds, but uh, Wayne, go ahead. Tell us about New York. Uh, What'd you like? What'd you not like?
1: Yeah, New York itself. uh, You know, I went there with my buddy uh, for his birthday and, you know, we were both baseball fans and. Uh, I mean, it's definitely a different level. Like, you know, being in Chicago, like for a lot of people, Chicago's like the big city. But then, you know, when you go to New York, you're like, oh, this is like an even bigger city. Uh, uh, but you know, definitely the first thing I noticed, obviously, was like the trash on the sidewalk. You know, (laughs) and then I was like, oh wait, they don't have alleys. That's right, that's a thing because you know everybody needs to live in a two hundred square foot you know studio or whatever. So. Uh, that's that's the whole vibe that's that's the nature of everything about New York um that being said hey the food the culture the energy of the city like it's hard to uh, uh, put to words to exactly what New York's about but yeah it was definitely at a, a different level um you know I went to uh Russ and daughters uh, which is a great restaurant if you you know like salmon and like bagels uh, had a really delicious meal there um but you know, when I was going to uh, uh, the game at Yankee Stadium, though, um, uh, was in a in a in a lift ride over there. It took about like an hour and a half from Lower Manhattan. It was just it was pretty nuts. Me and my buddy we just split a, a lift ride over there. So, uh, but probably not the best decision because we we're like, oh yeah, like lift it says like an hour. We should be there in time uh, and have enough time to like look around the area. Maybe go to Rucker Park. Yeah, none of that ever happened. Uh, we missed the uh, first half of the of the inning. So we saw or we did we uh, actually, yeah, no, actually, I take that back. We arrived around, around this time about the first half of the inning, but we actually were in line when Aaron Judge was at bat. Uh, and then everybody was like, oh, uh, you know, watching on their phones and everything. And I was like, OK, maybe I'll watch on my phone. And then after he, he struck out, it was like, okay, he struck out. Okay, we we're good. We're good. We're good. Uh so um but then yeah, every single time he was up to bat, you know, everybody was uh on their feet, uh putting their phones out, cheering him on, um, got a single. I think it was his only uh uh hit of the of the game, but you know, hey it was a good time. Uh the Yankees did win, uh and you know uh you can definitely see like the the stadium is very well kept, uh state of the art, uh for sure. And actually not not too bad uh, the pricing. Uh I don't know if it's all this inflation. It's like, oh, a hot dog is only that much, like fifteen dollars. Like I thought it'd be a lot worse. <laughs> so, you know, all in all, uh a fairly good experience. Uh but yeah, New York is an entire vibe for sure.
0: Man, fifteen dollars is one expensive glizzy, I gotta say. I mean <laughs> but i'm not surprised it's new york you know and uh no i i i went to yankee stadium the new one for the first time last season um i went to the original yankee stadium when i was in 8th grade i want to say um definitely a different vibe although they look pretty similar um there's just something about the first yankee stadium it's kind of like that iconic old baseball stadium feel that you kind of got um you know it had a more modern look it really was reminiscent of like the White Sox, uh, Comiskey Park Stadium that we grew up going to a lot, but uh, just, you know, holds a lot more history. The newer one I like, but in the same sense, I kind of feel like, um, you know, maybe by trying to do the replica um, of the old stadium, it kind of like loses a little bit of its own character. And to be honest with you, today's stadiums, I also feel like are just a little bit too like standard in the way that they're built and the way that they're kind of, um, you know, produced in mass. I feel like, especially on the East Coast, if you go to like Philly, the New York Mets, the New York Yankees, um, you know, even Cincinnati, in a way, they kind of all have similar characteristics. And I found each stadium to be like they're newish, they're nicer, they have you know good selection of food and and other things. But uh, there's something about like the character of a stadium, um, whether it's new or old, it's kind of like you can kind of put your finger on and say, okay, that is special because this and uh but anyways i think you going to new york and uh doing the whole experience especially being part of like aaron judge's history yeah shout out to uh prince street pizza in new york as literally my favorite pizza um ever they're kind of curled pepperonis on that sicilian style pizza i mean seriously the sauce can't be beat man so uh yeah shout out to prince street
1: yeah for sure uh i did have new york pizza um uh and i will say it has its own place it's definitely not the deep dish and i don't want to start world war three with any of this so um but yeah there's some good spots uh for pizza i would say uh in in new york so uh kudos to uh having you know good dough and good uh tomato sauce being put together so yeah
0: Yeah. well Without further ado, uh, let's get into the meat of what we're going to cover here tonight. Uh, We're going to go back to the NFL, go through uh, the week three games. I feel like the last couple of weeks we've, you know, analyzed each game that we've, uh, you know, seen on TV. We're, you know, analyzing these teams and kind of, you know, seeing where they're at in their own seasons and who's really going to step out, who's going to take a step back this year. Um, So without further ado, we'll go to the Thursday night game from last week. Uh, The Steelers were in Cleveland, and they came up short. Um, The final score was 29 to 17 Browns. Uh, Wayne, pass or grass? I'll pass it off to you, man. Good for the Browns. I mean, it's it's good that they're coming in with Jacoby Brissett under center. I think we touched on this last week, but, you know, when you're dealing with a backup quarterback, I mean, average play is, like, all you could ask for, and I feel like he's just done a good job at, like, doing what's been asked of him, keeping the team together you know, focusing on their strengths. Their strengths are going to be the defense. going to be that running game. So, you know, just turn around, put the ball straight in Nick Chubb's center, you know, right into his gut. Give it to Kareem Hunt, you know, if he's curling out, doing, you know, any sort of screen routes or anything like that, or, you know, put it in his gut as well, and, and like, everything should be okay. And then just, you know, rely on that defense, the special teams, to, like, carry you to a victory, especially when you're at home. Um, On the flip side of the coin, I think the things that I'm seeing now are, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, um, although his numbers won't show you that he, you know, came up short, it's just confidence with him. I feel like he has two personalities. You know, it's like sometimes he'll show up at a game and you'll just feel like, hey, he's really on his game today. You know, he's he's showing his athleticism. He can pass a little bit. You know, he's not making too many mistakes. But then, you know, you kind of get a game where he's just like, he just doesn't want to take the reins. He doesn't want to, you know, push the agenda um you know comes up with kind of a a a mediocre stat line and the team's just kind of like wondering week to week like can this guy you know be somebody we can trust to to kind of be our quarterback and and carry us to the next level um gotta say you know I know that offensive line isn't like one of the best in the league but um you know Najee Harris having you know 15 carries again for only 50 you know some yards I saw, you know, he did. I think he did hit the pay dirt uh, for a score, but in the same sense, uh, you know, just just kind of like wondering what's his season going to look like because I think everybody's expecting him, especially us, like being fantasy owners, and like, hey, Najee, where are you at? Like, we want him to get to 100 yards and maybe have five to ten, you know, receptions a game and just be, you know, the absolute dominant back that we expected him to be coming into this year after you know really promising rookie year. Um, I did see one really aggressive uh i want to call it like a hand check or like a stiff arm but he like he did show like some power to his running game that um you know i'd like to see more of i know after like yards after contact and i think his elusiveness rating are, are pretty low to start off the year so a lot of analysts are really down on him um as a runner i know his foot injuries are also to be kind of a concern and uh you've got um you know Warren, kind of backing him up, Jalen Warren. Um, you know, kind of in his footsteps. I think he had four rushes for thirty yards, which is pretty promising. But it's kind of like, what's the identity of this Steelers team going to be uh, going forward? I, I think they're they're not looking too good. They're not looking like a team that's going to compete too much this year, especially without TJ Watt. But Wayne, did you have any
1: other opinions about this game, or anything you'd like to touch on about either team? I mean, I think that the Steelers, like the highlight of their offense right now, is just Pickens making amazing catches. Like that's about <laughs> it. You know, uh, you know, to your point, like, yeah, just Harris hasn't, you know, taken it to the next level, whether it be the line or, you know, something with the injuries that are happening to him, but he hasn't been able to take it off uh to the next level uh so far this season. Um and to your point with regards to Trubisky and being able to run the offense, like, man, Nagy did some stuff to him apparently psychologically um so you know he just hasn't been able to adapt it he definitely has lost that confidence it, it feels like uh you know you definitely see that like with how kind how he interacts with some of the wide receivers I think there was some um, like pictures or videos of like some of the wide receivers complaining and like oh I'm open and, and I know that happens a lot but it only felt like it happened to trubisky several times uh over the course of this game so um and, you know, uh, uh, I, I think fairmouth like he ought to be much more featured, I think, in their uh, their tight end, right? Um, he ought to be featured much more into their offense, I feel like. Uh, it seems like Trubisky and him have some sort of a rhythm, but um, just hasn't been able to get in the ball um, towards him as much. So, uh, yes, yeah, I am partially a f- fantasy owner of him, but uh, still the, the point uh, I think is still taken that I, I, he, he seems to have good chemistry with his tight ends, so um Trubisky does so I I feel like he needs to feature them more um moving on to I guess with the Browns a little bit more uh yeah like I agree with regards to Brissett. like in a way like he's like the perfect uh um kind of segue uh quarterback to Watson uh in that I guess people don't feel threatened by Watson or by Brissett necessarily and they're like oh this person's gonna take my job uh that being said Brissett is a veteran but he's a very capable veteran um you know played pretty decently in uh indianapolis uh you know studied under uh tom brady you know for a little bit there too so he's a very capable uh player and you know, he definitely has a lot of weapons around him Utilized cooper a bunch uh we had 170 yards plus a touchdown uh njoku as well and and yeah, he, he definitely facilitated the offense as well as you, you could for this game, um, so and Nick Chubb is just being Nick Chubb again, The my worst regret so far my fantasy drafting uh, experience not taking him, uh, taking Davids instead, so, um, but yeah, the the Browns are kind of exactly who I thought they were, and it's, you know, the Steelers, after that win and everything that they had, it was like, okay, maybe this could be something, but it turns out a it's kind of a false alarm, it looks like. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you alluded to
1: this, uh, I want to
0: say, after week one, but you were looking at the Browns' schedule and were like, oh, these are all winnable games. You started going through, mm-hmm. like, you know, feasibly their first half of the season. And, uh, you know, next week they've got Atlanta at home. So um, who's not to say they might start off the year three and one? And, you know, with the way that the AFC North has been looking, um, you know, they could be sitting around the top of the division, you know, win Watson's ready to come back if they can keep this adrenaline moving. But it's like, yeah, Brissett just has to do his job. Uh, You know, they have enough talent surrounding him where they can make, you know, this all work in the interim. And uh, at the very least, Brissett, you know, will keep a NFL job, (laughs) you know, whether it's as a backup or, you know, kind of a bridge quarterback for any team going forward. And uh, I feel like Gilbert Arena said it best on a podcast recently. He said, you know, I remember when I was getting paid in the hundred thousands at the end of my career, and I was balling out in practice, just like doing work on guys that were making millions and millions of bucks. And uh, I'd always ask my coach, like, why am I not like getting more play time? And they're like, well, that guy makes way more money than you do. So it kind of just reminds me of the situation. Like, no matter how good Brissette does, you've got like $200 million, like riding on Deshaun Watson. So like, no matter what happens, he's going to get the ball. Um, But I think Brissette's like a good, you know, person that can back him up. Uh, hopefully, I mean, if he can just keep this going, I was pretty down on him after last week's performance, and and maybe there will be a lot of that, like kind of like these up and down weeks for Brissett. But anytime he's seemingly on his game, like they're going to have a really good shot at winning football games.
1: Yeah, and you know, could, maybe he turns, you know, maybe maybe the Browns do make a Super Bowl run of some sort, and he becomes like the the Nick Falk of, of of this team. You know, I could I could certainly see that in a way that like you know they, maybe you know they're they're obviously different players, but. You know, maybe there's some similarities in there that, like, you know, they had a couple of good seasons, you know, both Nick Folk and Brissett, And it's like, you know, if they do win the Super Bowl and everything, it's like, oh, yeah. But then they also had this quarterback that kind of, you know, nudged them out a little bit uh, out of the team there uh, just because of, you know, they're young. They had a lot of money going towards that quarterback. So that's just the nature of the, uh, of the beast in the game here. So and by Nick Folk i think you mean big dick nick nick Foles. Big Dick, the tripod yeah
0: because yeah nick yeah, Foles, yeah.
1: Foles. Yeah, yeah i just wanted to clarify <laughs> you know, so people don't think like
0: hey man that kicker you know you know had taken the team to the super bowl you throw
1: you know? a ball, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah nick Foles. Foles All right, Foles. Okay, yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah but nick folk is a good kicker uh but anyways that sounds pretty good uh browns are rolling steelers need to you know do some more work internally to to get themselves back on track uh, going forward. But uh, in the Sunday slate, the first one we had was the uh, Chiefs coming up a little bit short to the Indianapolis Colts 20 to 17. Wayne, Passergrass.
1: I'll grasp this. Um, yeah, no, this this is quite a, a remarkable game, I think. You know, uh, the uh, I mean, Chiefs, like, you know, I think they were like seen as like probably one of the top teams in the NFL, like them them and probably the Bills, you know, which we'll talk about later too. Uh, but you know, the special teams, like honestly, it, it felt like it, it lost uh, or was one of the reasons why the Chiefs lost. Uh, I think they got rid right of their kicker actually uh, after the game. Um, it wasn't all his fault, but you know, there was a couple fumbles, or there was one fumble by Skymore at the beginning of the game, uh, and then there was the next kickoff that that uh, or the next punt that was to. Sky Moore, which I think was like the, the sequence afterwards, um, uh, he tried to make a fair catch, but he missed it. And the ball went all the way to like the one yard line. So uh, not a great way to start off the game. Like, you know, yeah, it's great. You have Patrick Mahomes, but you expect him to go 99 yards, just like, you know, right at the gate, you know, maybe you're a little spoiled and expect that. But uh, yeah, it didn't have the best start to the game. And, you know, the Colts, they, they you know, they, they were able to capitalize on those early, kind of mistakes there on the special team side and you know that def- they you know put up some points there at the beginning uh and their defense played a pretty sound game overall um you know even had the the last minute inter- or last second interception there uh against um homes to to seal off the game so um overall you know good game obviously a good win for the colts uh this was definitely a kind of a stunner just the way that the the chiefs were just rampaging through teams and how the Colts are kind of struggling all along and everything. But, you know, uh, first home game of the season for Matt Ryan uh, as a, as a Colt, uh, I guess this is as good as it gets, I think when it, with regards to the expectations for him. So, um, so good on the Colts for that, but, you know, obviously uh, if we can get more of this uh, from the Colts, that'd be great, but I don't know if it can always be expected to, you know, play up to this level to beat the the chiefs. So.
0: Yeah, this was a, a must win for the Colts, uh, especially at home. Uh Ryan's numbers look consistent with what he should be doing. Um, under center, brought over, you know, with a lot of expectations. I mean, Taylor got more carries than I think the nine that he got the year the week prior. So it's kind of like just nice to see him getting his, you know, standard workload, even though his results are kind of, you know, a mixed bag. They brought back uh, you know, Pittman um, you know, this week and he had you know, a pretty solid line. So I think like as long as that three-headed monster is doing enough on offense to, you know, put up points where, you know, defense doesn't have to play out of their minds, uh, you know, to get a victory, I think they'll be good. Um, just, yeah, just a an important team win because, you know, you got to 0 two and one, you know, starting off your year. That's really not a, not a great place to be. And uh, I think this is the kind of win that'll get their momentum back, um, you know, moving forward, especially to kind of like take care of their division. Um, you know, we'll talk about another team that's, that's, that's working pretty hard, uh, to push them in, in the same division, uh, coming up here on our review. But, uh, for the chiefs, I don't, I'm not sweating this too much. Uh, you know, there's, there's going to be losses along the way for all, you know, of the best teams in the league. I think everybody, you know, goes through their ups and downs throughout the year. There's always some weirdness that'll happen, you know, week to week, but, uh, I expect the chiefs to come back next week and just, you know, kind of continue on their path to the Super Bowl
1: yeah no if i'm a chiefs fan i'm like all right well let's get this nasty nasty loss out of the way uh things will be better i think uh um so but yeah this was definitely not the there's just a lot of mistakes the thing on the special team side that i think uh you know i don't know what harrison butler's uh his whole thing is uh with regards to his injury but you know the sooner they can have him the better or you know if they can have a uh, I don't know. Is Nick Folk actually kicking uh, still uh, <laughs> bring him along? See what, what's up. You know, if he's still around and be able to, you know, stretch his legs. So yeah,
0: for sure. Um, Eagles 24 commanders eight Wayne
1: pastor grass. I'll, 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 I'll pass this off to you. Uh, uh Mr. DC man, man, Eagles are rolling. I, I really like this
0: team, man. I'm, I was texting, (laughs) I was texting with my buddy who actually went to the game. He's a, he's an Eagles fan. He lives in uh, Virginia too. Um, He was at the game and I basically, we were having a running joke going back about uh, this meme he sent me through Instagram and it was about, you know, Kirk cousins. And basically like, it's a, it's a kind of a montage of all the different types of Kirk cousins you can be. You can be like, the great Kirk cousins, the average Kirk cousin. And every time Kirk cousins is mentioned, there's another player who gets like kind of thrown in the way. So like, I basically texted him Carson cousins. Cause I was just like, this is a total Carson Wentz game where like, you know, he's, he's hitting the, he's hitting the the turf often. He's, you know, just not moving the ball along, not putting up points. Like there's turnovers happening left and right. It's just a really ugly, you know, Carson Wentz game. So Carson Cousins was the, kind of the title of this game for me, but Carson Cousins happened because the Eagles are just on fire, man. This team, I mean, just firing on all cylinders. I mean, their defense is top-notch. Uh, Jalen Hurts, again, just puts up another, you know, glorious stat line, completely in control this entire game. Um, they're they're just showing their dominance at this point. I I told him on the text thread, I was like, you know, I think the Eagles – you know, I think he said the Eagles are probably going to win the NFC East. And I was like, probably. I'm like, they're they're probably going to win the NFC, you know? And he said, I'm not going to say that. And I just said, I'll say it. Like, I think they'll win the NFC because literally this team is young. They're fast. They've got, you know, control of the trenches. If Hertz puts up 340 and three TDs every week with some, some like massive rushing yards and just has like three or four different weapons he can pass to, Um, you know, they protect the, you know, the defensive side of things. Like this team doesn't have a lot of holes, honestly. And, uh, it just comes down to experience. Like when they get in those high pressure moments against the best teams in the league with everything on the line, you know, will they show up then? That'll be like the biggest test that they'll have to go through this year. But, uh, you know, what they're showing out of the gate, like I have a lot of confidence in this team to, you know, NFC championship game. I could, I could maybe say, like, like, let's book it. Um, Super Bowl, not yet, but in the same way, like they're heading in that direction.
1: Yeah, no, for sure, uh, they're they're like you said, they're firing on all cylinders. Jalen Hurts is playing really well. Um, you know, year two in an offense uh, with those weapons now with AJ Brown and everything, like yeah, they're, he's really taking off right now. So, um, you know, making the smart choices uh, on you know, making the smart reads on de- on defense and everything. And then he had the, uh, the Eagles defense itself though. Like, you know, they're creating that pass rush. Graham is having a hell of a season. Uh, I think this game, he had like two and a half sacks, uh, against Wentz, uh, he had nine sacks total against Wentz, which, you know, we all know that that's kind of Wentz's thing is he, he's, he's kind of just a big, uh, you know, like older Ben Roethlisberger in a way, just, you know, not, not exactly the most mobile person, but, you know, definitely has a hell of an arm. So, uh, you know they they really are firing on all cylinders. They got the speed out wide out. They got the pass rush. So and you know Slay's been making plays in the secondary too. So um, really overall a uh, great team. Like you were saying, they're, their roster itself is you know seems like they're elevating uh, each week now. So and yeah now they're three and zero. So um, very much uh, happy uh, for all the all the Eagles fans out there. Um, but yeah, this is a. Uh, this is as good as a team in the NFC or good as good as, as good of a team in the NFL that's playing right now.
0: Yeah. And uh I guess on the flip side of things, like I'm not giving up on the commanders having a respectable enough season. I think one thing that they have to kind of get into check is how their running game's gonna actually work. Cause I mean, Antonio Gibson is just not it. Um, I mean, I think he's a good athlete. I think he could be brought in on different situations. I know they were trying to get him involved in like the return game maybe more of the passing game. You know, he could run every so often, but uh, they need to find some sort of feature back because it's uh, it's going to be tough if Wentz is always, you know, dropping back, having to, you know, r- do reads on, you know, one of his like three top receivers, four top receivers with, you know, the guys they have. And uh, I don't know. I don't think you want to be putting that kind of bonus onto, onto Car- Carson Wentz and then, you know, in the same sense, like, they got to get Chase Young back because defensively, I feel like they're playing in these shootouts. If they don't have it on offense, like, they're going to give up those points regardless. So they need to get everything back and, like, into check, I guess, defensively too. Like, they need, you know, that pass rush to really work and, uh, you know, kind of bail out their secondary. So um, I'm not going to give up on the commanders fully. I don't think it's, like, for me personally, Like I don't think they're a terrible team. I just think, like, they really
1: need to work on a, uh, you know, a couple of different aspects of their game. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's, it is, a, um, I guess it is, you can kind of see like, is this a weaker division, you know, with the the Giants and everything? Like I know they're two and one, uh, but they're obviously their, their talent just isn't scream. Like this team's going to win a bunch of games necessarily, uh, especially with Daniel Jones, you know, we'll definitely touch on them later, but, you know, and, and then with the, the Cowboys and, uh, you know, it's like, how much does this Cooper Rush Magic gonna go? You know, so uh, they're they, they de- they're definitely in a winnable division. Obviously, the the Eagles are playing lights out, but you know, the rest of the division, there's definitely some question marks uh, here and there. And uh, I'm sure they, they can probably squeak out some uh, victories here and there. Uh, you know, they do have some playmakers on defense, and um, they usually can go a long way. And you know, Gibson, you know, he he definitely is an up and down type of person, and fumbles the ball. I think is this whole thing, right? But um could definitely get some yardage here and there but you know if brian robinson uh, i know we talked about him before about you know uh kind of uh recovering from a gunshot wound, you know maybe he does i think they're saying possibly week four at their earliest i don't know what the latest is on the, on all that but you know if he is able to come in like you know maybe week, week eight or something um you know maybe he's able to contribute and, and push uh the the commanders a little bit more forth on offense so
0: Speaking of two and one,
1: uh the Bears beat the Houston Texans 23 to 20 at home. Wayne pass regress. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass this. I only watched the highlights. Uh I wasn't <laughs> able to watch the game in New York and everything. So um yeah, I want to hear your take first. I'm with you. I mean,
0: I I didn't get a chance to actually watch this game just based on you know what was what was aired regionally, but uh, you know. Damian Pierce had a breakout game for the Texans on their side of things. I mean, to get the majority of the carries again, put up hundred plus rushing yards, get a score. I mean, that's huge. Uh, as far as, you know, his career goes and kind of establishing himself as a pro um, can we expect that every week? Maybe not, but uh, in the same sense, it gives, you know, Davis mills a reliable back to kind of, you know, build with over time if he's still going to be under center as their quarterback. Um, you know from the bear side of things you know all i've been hearing about is you know justin fields and his lack of pass attempts and you know 106 yards two interceptions no touchdowns passing it's like who is this guy and uh it's really tough for me man i don't know how to how to put it or how to evaluate it because again i look at what he's surrounded with and i'm like what are the expectations like what what is this guy what does this guy have to prove this year? And how are we going to be able to evaluate him with this piecemeal set of receivers that he has? And, uh, you know, Khalil Herbert had a breakout game. Um, Montgomery, um, you know, got injured. So, you know, it was nice to see Herbert just, you know, tear it up. I mean, 157 yards, 7.9 yards per carry, um, you know, a couple of touchdowns. Can't complain about that. Um, I just don't know what to say. I mean, these are two of the, I think, lower. Seated teams in the entire league, I think bears sitting at two and one, it's kind of a farce, uh, you know, but in the same sense, nice to get a victory, uh, nice to you know protect home, um, you know, in that sense, but, uh, it's just coming down to Justin Fields and me. And, uh, you know, thinking about a comment that I heard elsewhere, I can't remember which network aired it, but the fact that Justin Fields wasn't drafted by this regime is something that's starting to circulate a little bit. Like, is this the guy that they want to put their trust into long-term? Are they already getting ahead of themselves with a guy that they think is his, you know, superior, uh, some, somehow, some way through the draft. So I'm not really sure, but, you know, in the same sense, it's a, it's a complete possibility. Um, it's kind of sad if that, if that really is, you know, something they're thinking about, like, Do they actually think a guy like Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud is just an outright superior talent to a guy like Justin Fields where, hey, they're willing to tank this season um, in order to kind of bank on, you know, the number one pick and maybe get the quarterback of their choosing? Like, I don't really know, but to be honest with you, um, the players are going to play, the coaches are going to coach, they can still win football games, but at the end of the day, is this organization trying to lose football games? Quite possibly, because there's no real explanation for me, you know, to think about why is this guy only throwing, you know, 17 passes when, you know, you got a guy like Josh Allen who's throw like over 60 attempts you know, in, in another game. So completely baffling. Um, I'm thinking they're tanking, but Wayne, uh, you don't have to comment on that, but like if you want to, you can. Otherwise, what do you think of this score, this game, these teams?
1: I mean, I feel like I have to comment on it, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, Yeah. no, uh, I mean, it's like, I, 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 I think if they are tanking, like then they're doing a pretty bad job because they won the game, but you know, and I know a lot of people talk about, oh, they won the game. So what does it matter? It does matter. Like, you know, this, this definitely is one of those, uh, you know, the the Texans are just a bad team. Like they're not going to, they're probably, it's probably them. And, um, I mean, they're probably one of the front runners, I guess for, you know, having one of the worst records in the NFL, I think, this season. So, um, you know, is Justin Herbert the person, you know, I, I saw the, these, like, tweets and comparisons between him and uh, Josh Allen, you know, it, it, like, was it, I think, 11 starts now into their careers, and it's like, well, you know, there it was pretty similar, I guess, in that sense, um I think the biggest thing though is you know they they just haven't surrounded I mean they just obviously haven't surrounded Justin Fields with the talent um and usually you need that in order to we we've, we've been talking about this on on this podcast for a while now you need veteran presences around uh, a young quarterback like you simply do now um, it's very rare you're going to have like a Peyton Manning even Peyton Manning had talent around him he had what Marshall Fulk uh on his team when 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 he got drafted and they also had like uh, I think eventually like Marvin Harrison and then had that transition from Marvin Harrison to Reggie Wayne. So, you know, he's had weapons his whole career that some veteran pre- presences around his whole career. So it's like, you know, we, we definitely need that. And um, at the wide out position, a little bit more so probably, um, or like the tight end. And yeah. I, I don't know if any of the players right now are, are the answer for? It. I mean, Mooney just isn't getting targets, right? Uh, Komet isn't getting targets, and you know, he uh, Justin Fields had those two interceptions, uh, and it's like, well, what, what exactly? He made some bad reads. He simply made some bad reads. So um, there's there definitely is a lot. I there's definitely a lot of warranted criticism that I think belongs on Justin Fields. Now, hey, great! I, I like I like that. There's this whole idea of. Okay, he's going back doing some film work, or he's like going out and doing a nice workout after whatever. Okay, that means nothing to me. That absolutely means zero. I have zero. It, it mean it absolutely does. Like okay, like oh, does Peyton Manning whenever he has throws a four interception game? You know, okay, does he, is he always gonna go look at okay? But he, he in the next game is gonna toss five touchdowns. Like that's the difference. Like it doesn't matter necessarily how hard you work. Like I don't care about that. I care about are you actually gonna turn out some results? So great all this sounds fun like it's gonna nice be like a nice tall tale for the justin field lovers out there and hey i again i want to see justin field succeed but um i don't care honestly don't care about any of this other miscellaneous stuff like i think as bears fans i don't know if we're just as sensitized to what bad quarterbacking looks like like it's not just bad it's the worst of the entire nfl (laughs) like standards higher 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 like watch more games Get out of these ecosystem. I feel like, you know, uh like 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 they're in one side of the social media spectrum and like I'm in this thing called reality and I don't know. So I don't I don't get this whole like uh okay, like it's yeah, it's be patient with Justin Fields. Okay, he was he you know, we traded up for him, sacrificed all that. And you know, we can have a balanced perspective. Like that's the at least that's how I feel about Justin Fields, a balanced perspective in that, hey, he's getting a lot of um, plaque for all, you know, from the national media, whatever, uh, for bad play, but how is it not warranted, and can he still be better? Yes, so both of those things can be true, um, but as a Bears fan, at least I'm just thankful they won, and you know, uh, you know, it, in regards to tanking, though, hey, if they can get uh, what's what's the Jackson Smith, I think from Ohio state, you know, Hey, maybe it is worth it. Or, you know, maybe we can't surround ourselves with some other talented wide receivers out there, but you know um, hopefully we get maybe some in the later rounds and, you know, position ourselves pretty well uh, if we do make a playoff push, but I'm not holding my breath because this offense looks pretty bad. So yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, either we're tanking or Justin Fields is like, much worse than we all expected. I mean, I know that younger quarterbacks are going to have their struggles, but, like, if they only trust him to throw the ball 15 to 20 times a game and he's putting up those numbers and it's just like then then it's at levels that we don't really understand yet. Um, I need to watch more Bears football. I don't know if I always get a Bears game, you know, broadcasting live. I can stream it, obviously, but it's like I'm going to have to watch bears football much more closely now because i'm like convinced they're trying to tank and if that's not the case like then yes like with whatever pick we end up getting like quarterback's gonna have to be one of those priorities because this isn't gonna cut it man it's not gonna cut it in today's nfl even if we're trying to be like super crafty with the quarterback run and they our own running game and you know screen passes like we've always done is is the bears organization is just like yeah, there's gotta be more to our offense than this. And uh hey, yeah, again, congrats they got a win here, but uh yeah, I, I see this being very tough sledding for them going forward with uh with more established teams.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. it's like, hey, look, you know, we 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 can actually compare the the stats maybe from the quarterback that you know we we beat over there, but it's like, you know, uh Davis Mills, like same draft and everything taken later, like his stats are better you know obviously he's not as flashy he doesn't he doesn't flash that exuberance that justin fields that has with the moxie and everything doesn't make those you know uh breaking several tackles to throw the the ball like 50 yards or whatever but he he makes the right reads uh some of the time i should say he definitely he's not a perfect quarterback by all means he's still you know davis mills and uh, for the was it o two and one uh Houston Texans. So by all means, I'm not saying he's a perfect quarterback, but his stats are simply better. uh And I I don't want to just be like oh just it's all the stats like it's just you know uh um he's just accumulating stats uh from big losses and stuff like that. Like no, like they're actually pretty decent stats going forth, and you know he's passed it a bunch. A lot more than uh Justin Fields, and it could certainly be argued that he doesn't have as much talent as Justin Fields, anyways. Like you know, Mooney. Like, I, I think they have Brandon Cooks, right, and um you know they have some kind of Aiken, I think, and some some other wideouts there. But it's like nothing, nothing that that is. They don't have like a DeAndre Hopkins anymore, right? uh They have probably the similar t- talent level on offense. I would say you know maybe as the Bears, and they're just doing better. So. You know, maybe it's a combination of Getzy just not knowing how to utilize Justin Fields and kind of just like, all right, I'm just going to give the ball to to the running backs and figure that out. So maybe that maybe there's some a little bit of that. Um, I do know that the offensive line uh, did not protect Justin Fields a, that well, so that definitely is something. But then then that's where you got to figure out. Okay, let's do some rollouts. Let's do some play play action off that right to slow down the pass rush. Some screens, some slants, right that was just completely missing, I think, from the, uh, this this past game. Um, and, yeah, it's hurting Justin Fields. Like, get, get the confidence up. Throw some easy passes. Get some slants. Get some, you know, some easy ones out there. And then, yeah, yeah eventually throw out a bomb out there and get the more inter- intermediate pass game going. Um, still a young quarterback. You know, got to build confidence in him. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, to play devil's advocate, very min- minorly. Um you know, the fact that they had 160 rushing yards from Khalil Herbert with an eight yard, you know, average, maybe they just saw what was working for, you know, the running game or like, okay, let's punt on the passing game. Cause we can just, you know, shove this down their throats and so maybe like, that's what built them out for this game, but agreed, like going forward, we're going to need to have that passing game ramped up like quickly because not a lot of teams, in the NFL are going to allow you to kind of get away with the things they got away with against Houston. But, uh, yeah, man. Um anyways, I can move on to the next one if you can. Um let's just let's just kind of see where the Bears take us this season. Yeah, no, it's yeah, let's
1: move on because yeah. <laughs> it, it it's one of those I think somebody described it perfectly. Like it we won, but it didn't feel like a win. <laughs> I think was the whole was the mm. biggest takeaway. It just was not uh, a nice looking game, especially against you know if it was against like the the Kansas City Chiefs or like a good team that we just stuck this through okay fine we'll take it but um it was against the texans like come on you know we can do better right so
0: yeah no doubt um we had the las vegas raiders on the road against the tennessee titans they came up short 24 to 22 wayne pass or grass um i'll pass it off i'm gonna pass on all of this like another game that i don't care about um just frankly the raiders uh to me dropping games that they probably should win Tennessee Titans. Like don't know what happened to them. But uh, again, I feel like this was like, who wants to lose this game? Um, can't really put my finger on either team just yet. That what you know, I think that in part is why I'm just kind of passing this along because I don't think much of either team.
1: Yeah. It was kind of just expect, I I mean, I didn't really watch the game. I just kind of followed along um, here and there and watched a few of the replays, but um, you know, uh, you know, Henry basically helped run the ball and just uh, r- run it down uh, the Raiders' throats, essentially. And the Raiders, man, zero three. You know, after making the playoffs last season, just not the best start. Uh, Devonte Adams is not happy, <laughs> and I think uh, you know we saw some of that. Uh, you know, they're also giving the they are giving the the ball to uh, Hollins. I think he, I do remember him having a seeing some Hollins and just having some awesome plays over there. Um, so you know. Uh, there was definitely some uh, offensive explosions, I think, happening on the Raiders side. But, you know, David Carr, or Derek Carr, I should say, his brother, uh, for the Raiders, he just has not had the best season whatsoever. Um, so I don't know exactly what's going to happen after the end of this season. But, you know, this whole uh, Derek Carr bringing over his buddy, uh, uh, trading, you know, uh, an arm and a leg to get Devontae Adams, just it, 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 they, they aren't necessarily the issue. It's that, allocation of resources a little bit more so but um you know it it just hasn't worked out in terms of wins i guess you can say um but yeah the raiders uh you know with mcdaniel's compared to uh who's the special teams I uh by asaka or i forgot how to pronounce his name but yeah like the the i think the feel around the team is just different with mcdaniel's as the head coach uh, versus who they had last season, it was like a, their special teams coach, and they went through all this adversity. But it always felt like that they were in games. Uh, like, yeah, they lost John Gruden because he said some really crazy stuff, and and all that, and had several of their players get kicked off the team because you know one killed somebody, and you know the other one I think did some stupid stuff. So you know a lot of things happened to the team last year, but for some reason, at least right now, it just seems like the Raiders uh, are they're a different team right now. They just don't have that moxie. So, um hopefully they can turn it around, but yeah, this was definitely a winnable game that they just simply lost. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: I the only thing I wanted to touch on was McDaniel's um to a much lesser extent. I feel like he has Urban Meyer vibes to him. It's like he can be a great coach uh you know, in the capacity that works for him. Like Urban was, you know, awesome on the on the college scene and, you know, maybe with recruitment was you know, able to just bring in the type of talent to get him over the hump. I feel like McDaniels, you know, being tied to the Belichick tree, you know, maybe he lucked out in ways to, you know, having the ability to coach Tom Brady and kind of falling back on Belichick's genius at a a certain point in time where, you know, you know, he stepped out and did his Denver thing. Um, I think he had one good season and then everything else was pretty forgettable. Came running right back to New England, uh, you know, went toward that Indianapolis job and like accepted it and then pulled back at the last second i mean that to me is like more of like character um you know type concerns i might have with a coach like him but he just gives me this uh like vibe of arrogance where it's like hey i'm so special i'm josh mcdaniels and dot 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 but it's like you really haven't proven anything on your own two feet um you know i'll give you a lot of credit for being the oc of a you know of a dynasty but in the same sense like head coaching a team and like getting buy-in and, you know, kind of being on the same play, you know, page with your players uh week to week is so important. And, you know, if I just had a guy like that, that I had to like report to and, you know, try to build a connection with, like, I just, just genuinely speaking, think like he, he seems like the kind of guy I wouldn't want to follow if I was on, you know, some sort of team. So I don't know if any of that's playing a part, but uh, you know, I think we talked about the O-line for the Raiders and just how big of a hole that is. And if your game you know, truly is going to be predicated on your offense and your ability to pass the ball, you just need time. And they don't have that. And they don't have, like, an established runner to, you know, maybe even change up the sequence a little bit. Like, um, you know, Josh Jacobs has, you know, kind of been dogged uh, across the, like, analyst field. And, you know, you could have as many weapons as you want. Like, the Raiders had Randy Moss at a certain point, and that didn't work out for him. And, you know, now they got Devontae Adams. and like, that's special. But, you know, wide receiver is not going to, you know, definitely like alone won't translate into wins for your team. So, you know, it's, it's just got to be humming on so many different facets of their game. And, um, yeah, I mean, it just seems like a lot more sizzle and, and not enough steak.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, yeah, Richard B- Biasaka, right. Uh, I think he was the, the coach last year, but yeah, they're, they, they just missed that. They're missing that moxie right now. And, you know um i i do know josh jacobs like he definitely like came out the gate pretty you know had, had a solid rookie season and it's like um you know they're they're drafting which <laughs> which uh uh what was his name uh, uh mayock right uh who's supposed to be like that nfl it was like you know an nfl drafter that's on the online forums right all of a sudden becomes gm and this is what happens right so um yeah the just kind of threw out some bangers here and there but then uh, had some ones that just did not land whatsoever. Um Josh Jacobs had a decent career just hasn't been in a good situation. I don't think the the Raiders are, you know, probably u- utilizing him uh a uh, right 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 now. Um and yeah, you know, that defense, that the offensive line you're talking about, not the best. And yeah, I do remember seeing like Carr getting sacked several times. So uh it's it just hasn't been a good season overall for uh the Raiders so far.
0: For sure. Um Next game, we had the Miami Dolphins pulling out a huge uh victory against the Buffalo Bills at home. 21-19 Wayne passer grass.
1: I'll grass this. Uh there's no reason why the Dolphins should have won this game. Like <laughs> zero. And they did. So I don't know if it was the coaching or what. Like uh uh oh, by the way, like yeah, the other coach uh, might be down He looks exactly like my brother in law. I just I just like <laughs> Came together once I saw, you know, uh, when I was video conferencing my brother in law. But anyway, uh, back to this game. Uh, I mean, Melvin Ingram was wreaking havoc, you know, getting a pass rush uh, to uh, Josh Allen uh, fairly frequently. So that that definitely caused some things here and there. But, um, you know, they had the Bills had doubled the yardage uh, and also the field time um, as the Dolphins. Uh, and they only had one turnover like how does this work and you know they i think they had like several more penalties than the dolphins but it's like uh you know you, you would expect that still like the game the score to be a little bit more would it just be a little bit different um you know there really was the, the, but the i think the one thing that happened though is that the dolphins played a fairly clean game uh you know uh Tua didn't actually have the biggest numbers or anything like that i know he had that one big uh pass to Waddle but uh, you know yeah other than that though there really wasn't too much on the offensive side um, and uh, the Dolphins even had a that butt uh, blocked punt as well <laughs> uh, so that was pretty interesting yeah, I think that went for a safety and all so uh, yeah but for whatever reason like the, the football gods thought you know what the Dolphins they got this underdog mentality and you know after last after last week's game, too, like when they came back in the fourth quarter, uh, you know against the Ravens, like they they just beat the Ravens and the Bills. Like these are the two best teams in the NFL. So the football gods are in their favor because there's no absolutely zero reason why the Dolphins uh, ought to have won this game or should have won this game. So,
0: yeah, the mojo looks pretty good out of Miami right now. A um, couple past players were talking about how during day games Miami you know, the way that their stadium is situated um, puts the opposing team in the sun on their sidelines and then gives them shade. And when it's, you know, 90 plus degrees and it's super humid, like that's a complete competitive advantage. And uh, a lot of them were talking about that because, you know, the things that I remember from the game and just like watching, you know, um, I think I caught like the last quarter live, but, uh, you know, in general, you saw like Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, like guys were tightening up, they were cramping. They had to be brought off to the sidelines to get extra water. Um, A lot of the offense that was taking place with the Bills in that final quarter was like um, the clock was running the entire time. There wasn't a lot of pausing. There wasn't, you know, a lot of timeouts taking place. Like guys, you know, being able to get hydrated in those situations, it was like they were running on fumes. They were running on empty because it was go, go, go. So, uh, you know, I think when your head's spinning and you're like, you know, playing in a really competitive game, there's a lot of pressure and stuff like you know, crazy things can happen. Um, I think that, you know, in a way, it just kind of felt like the Bills were kind of primed to lose or like kind of the way that the situations worked themselves out. It felt like they were destined to lose in a way because it was like Josh Allen had a wide open Isaiah McKenzie, um, you know, for that, you know, go ahead touchdown toward the, you you know, final two minutes of the game that he just completely botched. He threw it in the ground and you know, no, no, you know, disrespect to Josh Allen. He had 400 yards passing with a couple touchdowns touchdowns, no interceptions and, you know, threw 63 balls and, you know, added almost 50 yards rushing on the ground. So it's like, it's not because he's a bad player or that he choked or anything. It's just like, can't imagine what your body goes through after, you know, playing in those kinds of conditions for that long and, you know, trying to compete to the very end, but uh, just lots of screwy stuff, you know, <laughs> like, you know, just high management and, uh, you know, making sure that you spike the ball properly. I think that he had, you know, a gaff, you know, before the first half where they could have, you know, gotten a field goal had he, you know, just spiked it correctly. But, it, you know, the ball was wet in his hands. It was slipping. So all these things start to, like, add up throughout a game. And I've been in competitive sports like that, whether it's baseball, basketball, or something, where it's, like, just things aren't going your way. And it's, like, ultimately all those little things start to add up to, like, kind of your mental outlook for the game. And it just kind of felt like, At a certain point they were just kind of destined to lose but he makes that pass towards the you know the side uh the sidelines um can't remember who caught it might have been mckenzie but mckenzie was darting back to try to you know spike the ball to give him a second for you know tyler bass to kick a field goal and it's like i hate this rule about the nfl (laughs) like you could totally see dolphins like swatting at the ball or like trying to block the guy and stuff it's like Hey, like, there's got to be some sort of like courtesy provided by the NFL in this situation. Like, if a guy catches the ball at the sideline with like 10 seconds, like, maybe just deduct five seconds automatically and then spot the ball because it's it's just ridiculous, man. Like, people are, like seriously blocking people's paths to like, you know, um, spike the ball. But uh, I felt once the time ran out, I was like, you know, at the end of the day, the Bills kind of deserve to lose and it doesn't tell me a lot more about the dolphins either. Like I think they're going to be competitive, but does this make them like the number one team in the NFL right now? Because they're undefeated and they beat the bills. Like, no, I think the bills are still um, a a tier above the dolphins and and just, just, you know, just total team, um, you know, uh, you know, capabilities just the roster construction just their their upside i I don't i don't know if the dolphins are there just yet but huge division win i think it is getting them closer and closer to being like an established playoff team which is what their goal probably should be this year but uh yeah man i i I liked watching this final quarter and uh you know good on the dolphins good on Tua to like you know wobble his way to a victory (laughs) after getting uh his back injured in that uh in that first half. We'll see what the NFL
1: PA has to say about that. But, uh, you know, good on two. I'm good on the dolphins. Yeah, no, this Dolphins team, like there's, there's a lot of excitement, which it's great that, you know, whenever the dolphins, I feel like they're, they're winning, like just things become a lot more interesting in the NFL. And uh, lo and behold, things are pretty interesting right now. uh, You know, three weeks into the, into the NFL season. Like these are definitely like their past two games, are probably some of the most interesting games probably in, in, all, in all the NFL. And, you know, they're the way the different ways that they won, like the comeback in the fourth quarter uh, last game against the Ravens. And then now this, like with the, with the bills and like, you know, all these like little things, just not working out for the bills. Like this, this is just like a magical moment, I think for the, for the NFL. So um, yeah. So good on uh, uh, Mike McDonald's AKA my brother-in-law and all that. So, yeah.
0: Next one up we had the Minnesota Vikings beating the Detroit Lions 20-24 Wayne Passergrass. Well, I'll pass this, man. Slight comeback for the the Vikings toward the end. Um I think that was the narrative of the game. It looked like the Lions were on their way to a a, a nice victory for themselves, but uh you know the Vikings are proving that they're resilient, they're competitive. I, I feel like they're going to stay that way. Um you know Lions still have a lot to prove. I I like you know the changes that have come about for their team on the offensive side of the ball you know still giving up a lot of points uh feel like now I'm on Ra St. Brown is injured so hopefully it's not for too long Deandre Swift is also you know maybe hitting um you know the the you know medical room too I mean he might not play this week which would be you know just too bad for them as a team I I want everybody to be healthy on that side even though you know we're Bears fans we don't necessarily root for the Lions but uh you know I like rooting for the underdog but uh no, in general, this was a good um, and necessary win for the Vikings after, you know, losing to the Eagles the way that they, you know, they did last week. So um seems like everybody was getting back on the right track besides Justin Jefferson, who, again, had, you know, a very blah week. Um, I don't think much of it. I mean, it doesn't tell me anything about his talent or you know what he'll do for the rest of the season. But, uh, you know, probably good for guys like K.J. Osborne and Thielen to get more involved in the offense. Uh, Dalvin Cook had a Dalvin cook game. He might be injured now. looks like, you know, maybe Madison will be, you know, their feature back for next week. But, uh, you know, in Kirk cousins, we talked about him had a very Kirk cousins, like game Two sixty for three touchdowns, um, getting his team back on track with a W. Uh, we're still early in the season, but I do think the Vikings will be in the mix for the NFC North crown. And, uh, if anything, uh, a
1: playoff spot. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Kirk Cousins being Kirk Cousins, this was like, I guess the good Kirk Cousins, where it's like, okay, you know, maybe he's not going to throw like 500 yards, five touchdowns, like be all spectacular. But, you know, had an overall solid game uh, against against the Lions here. Um, you know, 260 yards, uh, two touchdowns, uh, 46, 41 passes. So overall, you know, solid game overall. Um, you know, gave the ball to Thielen a little bit more this time around and everything. So, I mean, yeah, good overall, solid win, I, I guess, from the Vikings. And yeah, it is a shame, you know, St. Brown, Uh, you know, if 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 he misses some time or anything, because he's been like the stud and the most fun watched player, I think, for the Detroit Lions since like Calvin Johnson, probably, you know, so it's it's nice that they're able to get, you know, a little bit of flair there. And it also appears like Swift, too, is, is out, too. So it's like, man worst timing to have like all these you know injuries for the their top players uh for the lions who some teams actually picked on on for fantasy so yeah definitely um next one up we had
0: the baltimore ravens going over the new england patriots 37 26 wayne
1: passer grass yeah I'll, I'll definitely grasp this uh lamar mvp let's pay that man, you know, uh, I don't know if he, need, he needs to go fund me or what, but the, the person needs, he, he, this guy needs to get paid. Um, it's terrible. What's happened to, you know, the, the quarterback market, I guess, you know, in terms of compensation with uh, Deshaun Watson and, you know, Hey, I guess yeah, the Ravens, their organization that's notorious for not trying to overpay their players. And maybe they feel a little bit remorse with this whole with what, uh, what they did with Joe Flacco's contract and everything, but Man, this—if there's one player that's earned it, earned that amount of money in the NFL in terms of the character, in terms of what they bring to the field, the excitement, and everything, and what they overall mean to the team. Like last last season, they they had so many injuries happen to that to that roster on the offensive side. You know, barely uh, any wide receivers. Of their offensive line were gone. Their entire backfield was gone. They were picking people. You know, that were cut from several teams prior. Uh, so you know, and he was keeping them in the playoff run essentially um even yeah they even had some defensive uh injuries as well so he really means a lot to the ravens and to that you know to the community too like you know i I think i even heard steven uh or not steven uh uh uh, skip bayless even talk about saying that you know lamar jackson like he's probably a better like leader than tom brady like he's not one of just like you know i think tom brady is at that more Michael Jordan version of leadership, just like yelling at you and kind of being like more of a dictator, you know, whereas it seems like Omar, he's like, he's pretty chill, very focused, you know, kind of stoic in his sense, like kind of goes, does things his own way, you know, uh, but a very humble guy, very, uh, it gets along with a lot of the players and everything. So it doesn't, doesn't uh, call anybody out, doesn't have his, you know, drama free, but man, he's electrifying uh, on the field. So, um, and yeah, had a really great game, uh, against the Patriots, you know, that's easier said than done with Bill Belichick, you know, having time to study you and figure you out and everything. So, um, yeah, I will say that, uh, Patriots did have an awesome, one of the best two point conversions, which I'd never thought <laughs> I'd ever say best two point conversions I ever saw with, uh, Stevenson. Uh, he, uh, I think Matt Jones gave stevenson they're trying to go to the right then i think stevenson saw oh it was kind of getting blocked so he went went to the left side uh and then uh i think he did like a um a little option pass back to uh mac jones who ran in for a touch or the, for the two-point conversion and i <laughs> thought that, that was just a fun play um so uh hats off to the pa- patriots for at least that but yeah pay jackson he's uh He's, he's, if there's yeah, any NFL player that earn, need needs or deserves $200 million guaranteed, it's, uh, it's Lamar Jackson. Yeah. What are we talking about? I mean,
0: <laughs> like really, what are we talking about? Why, why hasn't this guy gotten everything that he's asked for? I mean, is it a race issue? Is it a running quarterback issue? Is it an intelligence issue? I'm just confused, man. I, I've been confused. I don't get it. Um, this guy's going to get his money some way, somehow, whether it's with the Baltimore Ravens or with any other team in the NFL that just, you know, wants to upgrade at the quarterback position there. There aren't too many that are better than him in all facets of being a quarterback in today's era, because, you know, uh, although passing gets, uh, you know, most of the recognition, I mean, the ability to run with the ball is something that's definitely, uh, you know, evolved with the quarterback position, but nobody does it better than Lamar in that sense. And, uh, you know, he's keeping his team, you know, in games, gets them to the playoffs year in, year out. Like you said, limited backfield uh, reliability. I mean, name a running back on the Ravens over the last three to four years that has been there consistently and put up like pro bowl level numbers, like nobody um, except for Lamar Jackson. And it's like, who's your receiving core? Like I love Mark Andrews, but uh, you know, we're all excited about Bateman and Marquise Brown, um, you know, flash a pretty good year last year, but prior to that was pretty up and down, I would say as like a steady number one, especially. So, you know, just for him to come out, ball out, um, you know, I kind of expect that at this point, Um, you know, Baltimore, I think the only thing that I have concerns about right now is their defense. It's like, you know, they can shut down the Jets, but, you know, they've given up some pretty substantial points now to the Dolphins and the Patriots, who I don't really count on them as having, like, prolific offenses, especially the Patriots. So, you know, luckily for them, I mean, three picks against Mac Jones, I ex- kind of expect that. Um, but I think they're really going to have to shore that side of the ball up to be kind of at the Ravens' um, expectations to get them – you know, beyond a playoff spot um, at this point. I mean, if they do, that's a scary team. I mean, they're they're like the Eagles of the AFC. So um, we'll see where this goes. Uh, good victory for them just to get another one in the books for New England. I mean, it looks like they're going to lose Mac Jones now for a few weeks. Uh, high ankle sprain. I saw that that footage. It looked pretty nasty. Um, I've come down with some high ankle sprains in basketball over the years. They're just no fun. You know, your your kind of your ankle balloons up and it's. I mean, it's basically like you have a break when you get to that kind of point where you're out of commission for like a month or so. So hopefully, Mac Jones comes back. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson continues to have, you know, just a really, um, you know, dynamic season, you know, in the backfield. He's breaking out, you know, he's putting up really good rushing yards, especially per carry. Um, they've got some guys on the outside that can be respectable, De- you know, Devontae Parker. Uh, Jacoby Myers I think they're two guys that are like consistent wide receivers in the NFL. Um, But I'm still just trying to put my fingers on, you know, who is new England? What are they going to be, you know, post Tom Brady Um, with Mac Jones out? That's just, it just really doesn't bode well. Um, So we'll just have to see,
1: but uh, I don't have many expectations for them to be a playoff contender this season. Yeah. I, yeah. Patriots are not going to be, you know, they're, for whatever reason, yeah, people are just blowing up the, the Ravens uh, uh defense the the Ravens defense right now. So uh they really need to shore up the what's happening in the secondary apparently, uh and yeah, just, just get better overall in terms of the defense on the defensive side and figuring out their assignments a little bit more. I know they, they just signed uh Jason Pierre Paul actually. So um, you know, I know he's like thirty three and you know, which I guess is ancient for you know uh defensive pass rushers these days, but uh hopefully he still has something in the in the tank to provide and uh but yeah the the ravens defense has just been that's been the biggest issue i think for the ravens uh so far um so yeah uh, i know they have a new defensive coordinator and uh some some uh, some you know new faces but you know most of them are returning vets, so it really ought it really uh you know ought to have been kind of just a a um a, some continuity i think in their defense uh, prior to last year or so but you know, they are getting older and yeah, they're just uh not not showing up right now. So but yeah. Uh Ravens hopefully uh uh could do that so that uh Lamar Jackson can get paid and win a Super Bowl and everything. So yeah. We'll see. Um
0: uh, Cincinnati Bengals twenty seven, New York Jets twelve, Wayne Passer grass.
1: Um I can grasp this. I mean, hey, just good. I think uh rebound win for the Bengals overall. Um you know, Burrow had his uh, you know three touchdowns. Uh, you know, was able to to get Boyd involved uh, as well as you know Chase and Higgins. So uh, I think he only had a, like a couple of sacks against him. Which I know, if, if we watched any footage from the previous couple of games, like he was getting sacked, I think like five times at least. Uh, you know, for, for each game. So uh, I guess their their defense got better, or you know, it was just the Jets and. Like yeah, we can take those guys. So, um, and man, you know, uh, Joe Flacco passing, like how how many pa- I got? He's got like he's got to have like over like uh like 120 or something passes I think in the past for 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 this season so far. So, um, I think there's been some uh, uh murmurs of uh Zach Wilson possibly coming back. I think he might be practicing or something like that but man like they really don't want to be running the ball or you know, maybe it's just actually more so that they are always behind so uh yeah a uh, good rebound win for the Bengals from a team that you know won the Super or not won the Super Bowl but the Super Bowl last year uh and now are you know trying to uh kind of get their their uh um you know get up and running uh compared to where they were you know these previous two games and uh making sure that also keeping Burrow up uh upright so that you know he's able to actually deliver the ball to his wide receivers.
0: Yeah. I mean needed win for the for the Bengals. Um, you know, next three weeks they've got the Dolphins tomorrow, then they travel to Baltimore against the Ravens, and then they go to New Orleans to play the Saints. I mean, those are three pretty tough matchups, especially, you know, if you're going into it under five hundred to start off your year. So um, you know, just good on them to take care of business against a team they should definitely be beating at this point. Um, you know, on New York side, Zach Wilson's coming back. Um, you know, starts the, you know, the clock for whether or not this guy's going to be, you know, the next franchise cornerstone or whether or not they're going to have to go back to the well to draft another quarterback. Um, after last year, um, saw some promise, but in the same sense, I want to see you know Zach Wilson go through a full year. Looks like Brees Hall was, you know, really involved in the running game, passing game. Um, I know a lot of analysts were, you know, just uh, you know, kind of touting him as somebody to keep an eye on uh, as far as his involvement in two minute drills and kind of down the stretch. I feel like the more and more they get this guy involved, uh, the better. He's also been a part of those uh, two minute drills, which they say is pretty rare for rookies. So it seems like they have a lot of trust in Brees to be kind of their, their feature back to be their, you know, future star. And, you know, Garrett Wilson, after a breakout year came back with, uh, or breakout uh, week, I should say, came back with uh, six receptions for 60 yards. So um, just good to see, you know, those guys establish themselves as pros. If Zach Wilson can be, you know, I don't know who to compare him to really. He's kind of, uh, he's kind of in his own, I mean, you know, maybe he'd be like kind of like a Tua type of quarterback, but if he can be respectable, you know, down the line, that might be, you know, just an interesting core to, you know, kind of keep, a, keep an eye on. But uh, as of right now in the present, uh, Bengals should be stomping teams like the Jets, and
1: uh, we'll just see where their season takes them. Yeah, for sure. Good bounce-back win.
0: Next up, we had the Saints coming up short against the Carolina Panthers, uh, 22-14 in Carolina, Wayne Passergrass.
1: Um, I'll. I can grasp this, you know. I, I think overall it was a good game. Um, for obviously for the Panthers, they won, but you know, Christian McCaffrey uh, definitely like classic Christian McCaffrey type of game. Uh, good win in, within the division, but you know, McCaffrey had over a hundred yards running. Uh, had a couple uh, receptions as well. Uh, so you know, it was typical Panthers offense relying on Christian McCaffrey to do a number of things, uh, move the ball. Um, defense played really well uh, you know I, I think the one at least highlight for the Saints is just Chris Olave man uh, you know I think I picked him as uh, my um, potential rookie of the year candidate over there um, you know and I, I'm, I'm I feel like I'm looking smart now uh, he's doing pretty well I think he, in terms of targets I think he had 13 targets last game and 13 targets th- uh, this game and you know, if you're on a PPR league, great. Uh, because he got nine receptions this game and 147 yards. So, um, I think he still has yet to hit Pater at least, uh, uh, for this season, maybe. But, um, still overall, you know, he was my favorite wide receiver coming out of the draft. Uh, you know, just was able to burn things, uh, or, or burn players essentially, um, off the line of scrimmage, and is just a great route runner. So, but yeah, a good overall game for the Panthers. Um, you know, classic win. Defense played really well. And you know, if, if I'm a Saints fan, then it's like, yeah, okay. What stacks after uh, Jameis Winston? I feel like I think there's kind of that feeling going on right now. But uh, at least they have a lobby and you know, hopefully they'll have somebody to, you know, eventually throw to him, you know, somewhere down the line that doesn't throw interceptions as much. So,
0: yeah, I think the same could be said for Carolina's quarterback too. I mean, I feel like both sides are looking at quarterbacks that once had all the potential in the world. And now it's kind of like the reality setting in with both guys where it's like, you know, if Mayfield's not throwing over 200 yards and, you know, seemingly is having like these battles with New York giants and, you know, other teams that are kind of at the bottom end of the power rankings, I would say for the NFL, you know, where does this really leave both franchises and their quarterback situations and everything like that, you know, anything like that or, or for those players specifically, it's just like, are they just destined to be backup quarterbacks, maybe spot starters? It's definitely possible. Um, you know, both teams are at one and two. Um, what I've heard about McCaffrey, which is a little bit strange, is typically two-thirds of his production comes from the passing game. Whereas, you know, this year it's been two-thirds like just rushing attempts and like coming back from the injuries that he's come back from, I just feel like giving him 25 carries may not be like the smartest thing to do. Yeah, if you're just trying to preserve. Your best player, and you know, keep him going for the rest of the year. It just seems like a weird mix up for them. Uh, DJ Moore continues to be like completely silent, um, as a receiver. I mean, he's a guy that we all kind of bank on to be like a wide receiver. One, I'm sure from his own standards, he's just like, you know, just be awesome if I could play with like a real NFL passer and it could show the world like what my talents really are. And I don't know, man, just head scratching for both these teams. If Jameis isn't even Like, if he just can't be good, it really puts a damper on the Saints' playoff expectations because I don't expect much from the Panthers personally, but I do expect the Saints to be in it based on, you know, how highly ranked their defense is and, you know, the weapons that he has around him. I mean, you've got Olave, you've got Michael Thomas, you've got, you know, Traquan Smith had a game um, for this game. you got Jarvis Landry, Kamara, obviously. It's just like, you got to figure out a way to you know, keep that consistent with the defense that you've got there and, you know, get yourself into a playoff situation, but to lose games to the Panthers, like no disrespect to Carolina, but it's like, you gotta kind of take care of business there. And, you know, Carolina, I don't know. I think they're, they're just on their, maybe their last year of matter rule. And, you know, with these two quarterbacks specifically, and they're probably going back to the well, if I had to guess. So um, yeah, just kind of a, a blah game and a kind of an outcome that is hard to, it's hard to describe when you're trying to think of like what's the trajectory for either team. I just feel like both teams might be, you know, middling and uh for the Saints, they just need to
1: start picking it up if they
0: want to be considered uh, you know, some form of a contender in the NFC.
1: Yeah, for sure. And talking more about Olave, I think uh Michael Thompson, I think he might be hurt too. So, you know, there's definitely much more upside, I think, for Olave. So uh pick up Olave, you know, for uh you fantasy lovers out there. So, but yeah, I agree with everything. You just, you just said there <laughs> for sure. Next game,
0: man, what a blowout. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars went on the road to Los Angeles against the chargers and beat them 38, 10 Wayne pass or grass.
1: I'll grass. I want to hear your take, man. So you are going to grass. Or you're going to pass. Oh, uh, I'll pass. I'll pass. I, I think I, I, I might've mixed the words up there. <laughs> <laughs> No,
0: it's all good. I mean, genuinely, Trevor Lawrence is putting up just numbers that I can get behind. It's like, man, this guy's second year; he's starting to prove how good he is quickly. And this is the Justin Herbert story of last year, and now we're seeing in Jacksonville, and it gives me just a lot of, uh, you know, I don't know what to, put. I don't even know how to put it. Like, I, I just, I like a team like Jacksonville. You know, it's a franchise that you know continuously you know, was in the cellar, you know, always drama, always coaching issues, always, you know, players wanting to, wanting to find an, you know, early exit from their contract or whatever else trade me this and that with guys like Jalen Ramsey and Leonard Fournette, like really enjoyed those, you know, seasons that they had, especially the run that they got, you know, all the way to the AFC championship game against the Patriots and just like came up just a tick short, um, really rooting on that team to, you know, Make a Super Bowl appearance and like prove to the world like they could do the full underdog story. This is the kind of team that you know I think could have a breakout year. Um, they could be definitely the representatives in the AFC South. You know James Robinson, he's gotten his legs underneath him somehow, some way through this Achilles injury where you know he busted out for a fifty-yard touchdown run. You know he's in the passing game, he's in the rushing game. Um, you know Travis Etienne is just like. Not even a factor, to be honest with you. It's just like it's just kind of cool, man. Like Christian Kirk, you know, signed that ridiculous contract that I mean most of us would still probably critique, but you know, he's making good on that contract. And uh, you know, it, it might be one of those things where it's like Doug Peterson just comes over, brings those like Super Bowl, you know, type vibes from Philly and like they've got good juju going. So it's like they're just gonna ride this, especially if the AFC South is gonna let them, you know, be a part of the game. So Um just unbelievable, man. I I, like maybe Justin Herbert's more injured than you know we're we're led to believe. Um, you know, in the same sense, Keenan Allen wasn't part of this game, so that definitely changes the dynamic of the Chargers offense. But there's no reason why the Jaguars should be going on the road and just completely like blowing out a Super Bowl or AFC, you know, conference championship type contender like the Chargers. I mean it's it's a little baffling. I'm going to assume, you know, the good things that are going on in Jacksonville and also, like, the injury stuff that's going on Chargers probably played a factor in, in, into this outcome. But uh, in a lot of ways, huge for Jacksonville. I mean, I hope they keep it going. And, uh, you know, on the other side, I hope that Los Angeles can can rebound here, hope Justin Herbert's healthy, and start putting some wins together. But uh, definitely a statement game for for the Jaguars.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. A great win on a uh, you know on the road and everything, but yeah, it, it just never looked like Justin Herbert felt comfortable like at all. Uh, you know, not the the ball seemed like yeah, it just didn't have that same zip as it normally did, or yeah, he didn't have. He uh, he it, it, it didn't look good out there. Um, so it, it definitely had probably probably had to do something with the injuries. Who knows exactly? But uh, kudos to though for Jacksonville. They had their past two games like is two of a good past two games as any team uh, in the NFL. Um their defense has really just stepped up, you know. I, th- I think they posted a shutout last last game and then this game for 10 now so they're in you know they're these are uh you know the Chargers definitely even with a hurt Herbert like still <laughs> probably a better a better offensive team than most teams. And this is where I'm like, you know, with we were talking about Justin Fields and the Bears and everything like there's a reason why the Jaguars, you know, kind of overpaid for the wide receivers, right? It's because they know that in order to have a successful rookie quarterback, you need to be getting him confidence. And how can you get him confidence? Sure, you can, you know, run the ball, have a good offensive line and all that. But you need wideouts, you need playmakers. And, you know, with uh, Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, Christian Kirk definitely is much more of that You know, route runner here and there and everything, but Zay Jones could definitely take it over the top, or has definitely done so in the past. So, um, you know, it's definitely worth having those wide receivers um, with with you know several years of experience. Definitely helps out a young quarterback, and this is certainly where I see it's like, oh, this is how this is what it, you know, what things could potentially be looking like. Um, And yeah, uh, their defense is playing really well. You know, they got. Walker, but they also got, it was I think, Devin Lloyd, uh, the linebacker out of Utah, uh, who a lot of people I thought was one of the best linebackers in the nation uh, this previous season, at least one of the passes too. So, um, you know, kudos to them for just, you know, uh, drafting well. All, all the players that they drafted in the first round have been playing pretty well overall. I know ETN does you know, he's not looking as nice compared to James Robinson, so um, but still, you know, the team overall is playing really solid in that defense is stepping up, and yeah, kudos to uh, Doug Peterson uh for you know bringing some stability compared to the Urban Meyer year of uh last year. Definitely I'm I'm just looking forward to what he can do as a coach with this
0: team and uh yeah, hopefully we get to the playoffs and we see the Jaguars uh you know representing the AFC South. Um in our next one we had the Rams going over the Cardinals 20 to 12 on the road, Wayne pass or grasp? Uh I'll pass this one. I don't have much to say. I mean, like, it feels like another blah game. Um, still trying to figure out both of these teams. I mean, I feel like the Cardinals are without some major players. Uh, Connor wasn't sure if he was e- even going to suit up for this game. So the fact that he played, um, he was he was probably playing injured, if I had to guess, you know. And, uh, you know, 12 points as an offense wasn't great. I know Marquise Brown had all the targets and yardage in the world in this one. Um, he seems like the only healthy target. You know, Kyler Murray can really go to really trust. Same sense, you know, the Rams, 20 points. It just kind of seems a little lackluster. I mean, good job on you know the defensive side of the ball to kind of limit Arizona and their attack, but uh it still feels like they're a little bit off. Um, don't have much to say about either team's outlook at this front. You know, I just feel like you know, could the Rams be a playoff team? It, it looks like it's trending in that direction, but I just don't feel like the same team is 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 coming, you know, to the party every Sunday ready to play like they were last year. So that's just my takeaway from this game.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with the takeaway. Yeah, it seems like they the offense just hasn't um, kind of steamrolled compared to like last year. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's like Stafford's just getting more pressure on him or or, or what exactly, but you know, uh, team their their offensive um, um, flow just hasn't been the same and you know, but it is nice. I, I guess they got Acres more involved this week. So, you know, uh, happy for all the Acres owners. I think I might've mentioned that last, you know, maybe last episode about saying, Hey, it's kind of early for, you know, to drop them or, or anything like that. But um, yeah, nice for all the Acres owners out there. Uh, Cardinals, you know, they just look a little bit anemic out there. Um, but again, they're going against a really good defense. So it's, Kinda of hard to put it on that, but still like, you know, if if your team that's built are on the offensive side, a little bit better production, hitting pay dirt, you know, all that would, would, would be would have been great overall. And um to your point though, yeah, with Marquise Brown, like this is definitely where, you know, having that uh DeAndre Hopkins would be nice. You know, I know Dorsch got some receptions there, but he's just not he's I mean, yeah, he's just not the Hopkins uh uh persona there. So uh, yeah, not the sexiest of, of games overall, but um, yeah, good for the Rams. Uh, yeah.
0: Speaking of very unsexy, the Falcons beat the Seahawks 27 23.
1: Wayne, pass or grass? Uh, I guess, I mean, I guess I'll, uh, I'll, I'll grasp this, <laughs> but you know, uh, Cordell Patterson, man, like who would have thought that, like, I know he came out as a wide receiver. Like Played, played several years at wide out uh, when he was with the Vikings. and He was like, uh, you know, not the best wide receiver, but great return man. And then all of a sudden, teams start utilizing him as a running back. I know he played, did some running back duties with the Bears, but now he's like full-on running back and he's crushing it. Like 141 yards, a touchdown. Like he was probably MVP of this game overall. Um, And then, hey, uh, kudos to all the to the uh kyle pitts owners out there too uh he finally got some action after seeing like you know he- like a couple of receptions over the previous two games Got five and 87 yards uh didn't hate didn- didn't get the touchdown but still i think good overall oh uh, he's you know Mar- marcus is looking his way you know i definitely called it out it's like guys you guys you guys are losing and all everything and you know, you guys could score a little bit, you know, a couple more points. Why not look to your most talented player on the offensive side and Kyle Pitts there? So, um, and see, it, it definitely sounds like if Chris Olave is not going to win Rookie of the Year or he's, he's going to come in under competition, uh, Drake London he's playing really phenomenal there. So, um, good overall win, I think. You know, for the Falcons, uh, you know, Seahawks, uh, yeah, just not. Not not keeping that momentum, I think, uh, from you know their uh, opening night win over the Denver Broncos. Uh, maybe maybe all that uh, juju kind of uh, just left left there. The basketball, uh, the the football gods were not in the favor afterwards. There, so yeah, um, just not the best game uh, on the Seahawks side uh, defensively. Um, and you know they had they made some offensive plays, but honestly, like with Geno Smith, there definitely has some limitations there. So.
0: Who would have thought in 2022 we'd be seeing Marcus Mariota squaring up against Geno Smith uh, in an NFL game? It's just, like, kind of ridiculous. I mean, it almost feels like in baseball when we consider guys, like, 4A, quad-A players, it's, like, they're not quite triple A, but they're definitely not pros. I mean, this was kind of one of those games for me. It's, like, are both these teams tanking? Like, maybe. I mean, quite possibly if you're – throwing out Mariota and Geno Smith on both sides of the ball as your quarterbacks, So it's possible, but there are, there, there are a lot of bright spots. I think you touched on all of them as far as like guys to keep an eye on. Um seemed like DK and Lockett had good games too. I uh, would love to see Ken Walker, you know, the third become a bigger part of the, uh, the running game for Seattle. I mean, you know, they got Penny and uh, you know, they got Travis Homer they got DJ Dallas in the backfield too. So there's kind of like a log jam there. Um, maybe more toward the second half. He'll get more looks just to see what he's really made of. Um, but in general, this is kind of like, you know, two teams that are going to really kind of struggle, I think, to find, uh, you know, W's this year. And uh, in general, just kind of a a throwaway game at that. Yeah, for sure. Um, next up, we had kind of a grinder here, uh, you know, the Packers and Bucks in Tampa Um, Tampa Bay. uh, The the Packers won 14-12, to um, pretty low scoring, but Wayne, uh, pass or grass on this game? I'll pass it off to you. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think this is, again, like I think last week when we touched on teams that have a lot in place where their quarterbacks don't have to do everything in the world to, uh, to get their team's victories, and both of these teams are in that situation where their defenses are you know, elite, they're firing on all cylinders. Uh, their playmakers, you know, are pretty thin at this point, the Packers, because they didn't go ahead and resign or, you know, retain guys from last year and the Bucks, because they just fell victim to a lot of injuries. It's like, these teams are almost identical when you think about their makeup and who they are, what their identity is probably going to be this year. You got the Hall of Fame quarterbacks, you've got, you know, running games that are pretty strong receiving cores that are right now pretty thin and defenses that are like truly some of the best in the game. I mean, I don't think much of the game either team could have won. And I'd feel the exact same about them going into next week. I think they're both in the mix. I think the Packers are still the cream of the NFC North uh, to me. Tampa the same way uh, in the NFC South. Um, we'll see how this goes. I think one thing that stood out to me is just, like, I think Tom Brady, um, he doesn't need to prove anything, obviously, but I think in the same sense, if we're talking about Super Bowl aspirations, like, I just need to see a little bit more from him. Um, I think Rodgers will heat up, but uh, in the same way, I feel like, you know, just out of the gate, Brady's just overall numbers and just kind of, like, I don't know what our expectations may be from a Tom Brady type, um, season and, um, you know, just his ability to, to put up prolific numbers. Like, I think he just needs to kind of build on, you know, uh, what he's shown us out the gate, and, uh, you know, in general don't have concerns about either team. They're both two and one, they'll be in the mix, but, uh, that's my, that's
1: just my only impression. Yeah, no, if any of these teams win the Super Bowl, like it, at least initially, it definitely feels like, uh, you know they're going to be much more of I don't I don't want to say the game managers but you know kind of kind of game managers and then their defenses are just they're both doing really really well on the uh for, for both the Packers and the Bucks so you know both have playmakers on the defensive side both like some of the best uh, front sevens and in, in all the NFL uh you know Packers certainly have some playmakers on and their secondary too uh so you know. With Jerry Alexander and uh, Douglas, uh, so you know they're good overall team, and, and I, I definitely think that you know with uh, Brady, it's like he ha- he still has wide receivers that are hurt. Uh, you know, Gage had a you know decent game and everything, um, so was able to contribute there. Uh, but that part of that might just be out of sure volume. Uh, but you know, uh, the the Packers though, you know, it's interesting is that when we knock on their wide receiver group, and then it's like, yeah, Dubs had a pretty good game. Uh, know maybe maybe not christian watson uh, definitely i feel like uh rogers hates him and when he hates somebody it's like yeah he's in he's in he's he's deep down in the grave there so um but yeah dubs has a pretty good game overall so you know i think he just needs to get build up the chemistry a little bit more in his wide receivers um but yeah the packers they'll be fine probably yeah probably we'll probably win the uh the nfc north uh between them and you know maybe the you know, the, the the Kevin Cousins Vikings, uh, or Kirk Cousins Vikings, uh there. Um, but then yeah, Tampa Bay, I think they should probably uh probably walk away with it a little bit there in their in their division. So yeah.
0: In a similar contest for Sunday night, um the 49ers came up short against the Denver Broncos, um eleven to ten in Denver, Wayne passer Grass. Um
1: I'll I'll pass this because yeah, I feel like this was this was kind of a similar game well and yeah, would like your take on it.
0: I really thought that the Niners were gonna win this football game. Um just going through it watching it. Uh that safety um that Jimmy G just kind of dropped back on. They're calling it the uh Dan Orlovsky uh drop back and everything like that. <laughs> like I think Dan Arlovsky like, tweeted right away and was like really happy the next day about somebody else doing the same thing. But, uh, yeah, I, mean, I think that was a huge play, kind of a momentum uh, swinger in the favor of Denver, but they were getting completely shut out by the 49ers' defense. Russell Wilson is still kind of a, a ghost out there um, waiting on him. I mean, I haven't lost confidence in him yet, but, uh, you know, he puts together two more weeks like this, and I might start to hit the panic button as far as, like, how are the next five years going to go with this guy? But I'd I, i, I I'd like to say that, you know, he at the end of the day, like he's still good at managing a game. I think that he'll, you know, build enough chemistry within the offense to become better week over week. I mean, he's got, again, too many weapons there. The defense is incredible for Denver, just week after week, holding teams to, you know, low double-digit, single-digit out, you know, scores. Um, And they're very similar to the 49ers. I mean, I feel like Jimmy G has been there, done it. He's not the same talent that Russell Wilson is, but, you know, he's able to manage a game. Um, They've got enough on the defensive end to keep them competitive. I'm I'm not worried about either team. I would just like to see a little bit more from Denver. Um, San Fran is the type of team that, you know, may have a very – unspectacular season but in the same sense they will be a very serious threat when we get to the playoffs like I just feel like that's just what their identity is like they're kind of like the Ravens in that way like they're gonna fly under the radar all year kind of like a Patriots to like just fly under the radar but then once you get to the playoffs they have like extreme confidence and uh, you know Denver can be that way as they've shown in past years um, you know throughout the 2010s and such but I just need to see a little bit more from Russ to like get excited about them.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think with regards to Denver, no, I definitely agree. I, you know, Russell Wilson for all the you know, all the knock on him, um, you know, kind of just being boring and writing the coattails of, you know, great defenses from the Seattle Seahawks, uh, still a very formidable quarterback uh even you know even last year a little bit i know he definitely was not his best year but still is very capable for that deep ball and getting those big plays rolling out you know picking up a first down uh with his with his legs so um there's definitely a higher expectation you know for me for sure with regards to all the weapons that they have it is nice that at least he's getting sudden involved i know sudden's like the one wide receiver i think we both had is like yeah this definitely fits his type of you know, wide receiver that he likes uh, typically, you know, a bigger uh, uh, wide receiver that can get downfield and catch the ball, which, I mean, a lot, a lot of quarterbacks like that, but Russell Wilson, I feel like, you know, he loves wide receivers like that, you know, with uh, Metcalf um, previously too. So, um, you know, if he can get the other wide receivers, you know, the tight end, Big O there too, uh, is this really nice, quick uh, tight end, I think for them. You just get them involved more. Uh, you know, I I, I think that, they're still trying to figure their offense out, and you know their offensive coordinator hopefully can help out with that. I know a lot of knock is on Nathaniel Hackett being like the next Matt Nagy, essentially. And you know, honestly, yeah, maybe it's a little bit fair, but hey, they're two and one. Uh, but I, I think eighty percent of that probably has to do with their just monstrous defense that's just holding teams down. So, um, like you were saying, like they, their defense has really kept them in games and. Hopefully then their offense can pick it up uh, because yeah it's kind of a waste for this defense just to you know be holding these teams to such low points and then uh, their offense like being kind of bear's anemic so yeah yeah so
0: we'll see hopefully both teams can get back on track and you uh, know just stand out a little bit more as you know actual contenders uh, in the NFC and AFC um, the Monday night game we had Dallas. Winning twenty three sixteen over the New York Giants in New York. Wayne Passergrass.
1: grass. I'll grasp this. Um yeah, the Cowboys, uh their defense stepped up. Um I think they, you know, they had the interception at the at the end. Go figure it's Trayvon Diggs, Mr. <laughs> either interception or have a touchdown uh, thrown over me, right? So um, but hey, Kellen Moore, I think he's doing a really solid job of Utilizing uh, Cooper Rush, making not too hard. This is definitely where it's like it would have been nice to have like a Kellen Moore to help out with Justin Fields a little bit. I feel like uh, somebody that's like, okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna make you do too much. Just you know, give the solid pass here and there. You know, do a little short ones, rollouts to a tight end, things of that nature to get your confidence built up. Um, and like that's that that's that's kind of how you do it with somebody that is isn't as talented uh even if they are an experienced quarterback, that's kind of what Andy Reid did with like, you know, the AJ Feelys of the world. Um and they were able to win games that way. So it's not it's not a you know terrible strategy for you know substandard or or, or young quarterbacks, right? Um but yeah, the uh you know Pollard had some great big plays. He Lamb uh had some big play had some big plays in there as well. Um and yeah I think overall solid game there and you know giants great that they were got out of of a two and oh start and everything but i feel like reality is gonna kick uh kick into them but you know hey it's great that uh you know dable is having a great season with them so far you know i think he was my pick for the bears um head head coaching job and you know saquon barkley still had a great game so uh you know happy to see all that but yeah i feel like i don't know how long they they, could have kept this going uh but you know uh good win i think for the cowboys uh you know i i think without prescott there was a lot of question marks here but sounds like cooper rush uh, ain't so bad and um tom moore seems like it i I think he's earned himself a head coaching job after you know seeing what he's done with cooper rush right now yeah i mean for
0: cooper rush to have twice the amount of passing attempts and yardage that justin fields did it's just like amazing to actually witness but good on cooper rush he's 2-0 now as the starting quarterback this year um, you know, definitely getting Lamb in the running game, you know, going, I mean, 30, 30 rushing attempts and, you know, kind of split carries between Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. They both showed out in this one. Um, it definitely seems like Parsons and Diggs are the heartbeat of that team. I mean, even in the game that they lost to the Buccaneers, they still only allowed 19 points. So they're just showing like, you know, if this defense can just stay strong and you know, keep them in ball games. I mean, Cooper Rush seems confident enough to just do the Jacoby Brissett and just kind of keep the ball moving and, you know, use the weapons that he has at, you know, his disposal and you know, just keep them competitive until Dak Prescott's healthy. And, you know, not to say, like, Dak is, like, waiting in the wings, ready to take them to the Super Bowl or anything like that, because I still have very, like, tempered expectations for the Dallas Cowboys overall. But it's a good win on Monday night on the road. And uh, for the Giants, I – you know, honestly, have them still in like the same category as like our Bears and the Texans and other squads like that, like the Falcons, Seahawks. Like, I don't have a lot of high expectations with the Giants this year. I think they've gotten, you know, out to a nice start for them, but, you know, lose Sterling Shepard, you know, for the rest of the year. And then, you know, Daniel Jones just looking like Daniel Jones. I mean, he's very Mitch Trubisky, you know, light or Mitch Trubisky esque in the way that he goes about his business. It's been, this is year four. I mean, this is one too many years to go for this guy. They had a chance to kind of, you know, do the divorce last offseason. They decided to go forward with another season. I just, yeah, there's not much there that I'm like excited about. I mean, he's got a decent ability to scramble, but his numbers just don't add up. And he just looks like he's kind of constantly running for his life out there and making like really weird calls. Like I remember last year, He almost got concussed in Dallas. He might have actually got concussed and been kicked out of that game. But, like, in this game, too, I felt like there was an opportunity for him to slide, and he just didn't take it. And he just got, like, somebody, like, put the, like, whooping stick down on him. And, like, I I seriously thought he was out for the game after that shot. So it's just, like, he just doesn't, like, seem to make the right decisions. And, uh, yeah, I think his his last year is here. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about Dable. I think he's a good presence to bring to that franchise but um it's probably in their best interest to just get a high draft uh you know order slot and kind of move forward with what's what's coming ahead for the franchise
1: yeah no for sure yeah uh i agree with uh daniel jones definitely has that trubisky thing of like okay he can run but he is the quarterback and then this is where we knock on lamar jackson right where all he does is run but he has, you know, Mar Jackson has the most touchdowns of any quarterback right now, and so everybody, shut up! Like you're stupid. <laughs> you know how much more can he possibly do to get you to shut up? So, um, but yeah, to your point, um, yeah, kind of that Trubisky, like the confidence just isn't there. Grady can run the ball; he can roll it out, pick up first down, which. I think is great for 80s football, but not the modern day, right? So I think that's that's been what we've been seeing. So, yeah, I agree. It, it, it would be nice to think if they just lose many games and hopefully pick up one of the stud uh, quarterbacks coming up in this coming draft. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, you re, you reemphasizing the points on Lamar Jackson. I'm just going back through our box scores that we covered for this week, and it's like, there are so many teams that would love to have a Lamar Jackson, you know, to where it's just like, He can't pass though, right? (laughs) Yeah, like,
1: Uh, and even
0: in that, he's still passing a little bit better than other guys. Like, I have been down on him about his passing ability, but when you make up for it with 100 plus yards rushing, you know, your team's putting up 30 plus points a week, like, that's okay. Like, you can sacrifice a little bit of the glossy passing stats if your quarterback's able to do that, but, uh. Yeah. Overall, this is our roundup, uh, for the NFL in the week three, uh, Wayne, did you have any other thoughts on NFL before we turn to our next topic?
1: I mean, just quarterbacks, man, like, you know, sometimes you just need a uh, one to, you know, put in there, right. Uh, to help your team get over the humps, like the brassettes of the world. Uh, but you know, in the end of the day, I feel like that's just, it's a quarterback league and, you know, look at the. The Super Bowl winners, of the previous uh, seasons, like yeah, you definitely have to have a good defense, but man, quarterback is essential for the modern day age. So yeah, got it. Moving on to our next topic, uh, we're going to move to the NBA.
0: We're gonna first going to touch on Ben Simmons, one of our favorite characters in the league. Uh, He's back at it with uh, the old man in the three podcast, JJ Reddick, uh, Tommy Alter. Uh, had a sit-down interview for about an hour and fifteen with them, talking his background, his his talents, uh, you know, college pro decisions between, you know, being a part of the 76ers organization to now, you know, what he's doing with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Wayne, I know you had a chance to listen to this podcast, hear what Ben had to say um you can tackle this at any angle that you want i've got some some thoughts to put out there but uh i'll let you kick this off and uh you know let's let's just go from there
1: i feel like i feel like you have like a thousand things you want to say so (laughs) i i remember you messaged me and i was like well it's like oh yeah well well, let's address his comments i'm like which which ones like are you talking about i think you just met all of them so um for me at least you know I think my biggest thing was like the the, the whole uh, not dunking over Trey Young or like not finishing off that play. I think it was like game seven of uh, two, the 2001 Eastern Conference. I think it was a semifinal uh, mm-hmm. with the, the Hawks, right? Um, yep. Yeah. So like, you know, turn uh, made a move off of uh, Gallinari, I think it was. Uh, and then I had like a wide open dunk. Uh, but then um, I know Trey Young was coming over and a lot of people were knocking on him. Uh, for passing the ball to Matisse Seibel, uh who uh, drew a foul. I think there was like three minutes left in the fourth quarter, drew a foul, um uh, only made one of two uh, in, in that game um, and yeah, every Twitter just went nuts on everybody went nuts, not just Twitter like every Instagram went nuts. everybody went nuts on on Ben Simmons for like, dude, why don't you just dunk that ball? like your confidence was shot. I think it was like two for 16 for that game too. Like just was having it one of the worst games anybody, anybody could possibly had have had. And yeah, just had a wide open Duncan passed out of it uh, because he apparently saw, uh, you know, the most threatening uh, lane presence in the world of Trey Young in there. So, but I think in the interview, he said that he didn't, he saw a jersey of some sort of a, a Hawks jersey and had no idea who it was. Um, so just passed out of it, but then it's like, it was a pretty wide open dunk. Like even if you had like quick Capella against you, right? Like you still could have finished that, just go up strong and all. Um, granted, he did admit that it he ought to have he ought to have dunked it. So like retrospectively, like yeah, he ought to have finished it. So good, he owned it. Um, but I feel like this is like Ben Simmons' whole thing, right? It's like he'll I don't, maybe not all the time own it, but. He just doesn't commit to things. I, I think that was the meme, right? He he, he doesn't commit in relationships, apparently, <laughs> uh, you know, and he also doesn't commit to, you know, maybe the game uh, or shooting the ball uh, in the regular season. I think there's always been that, those memes of like, oh, uh, off-season Ben Simmons versus actual game. Like, he looks awesome in the summer workouts, like shooting threes, like, you know. Uh, you know, doing crossovers and, and shooting and, and things of that nature, right? Just looking like a all-out stud out there on the offensive side. Uh, but then regular season, you know, postseason, or whatever, can't shoot, doesn't even attempt to shoot, doesn't uh, lacks that assertiveness on the offensive side. You know, I, I and I, I definitely agree with like the whole idea that he's multidimensional, that he, you know, is a great rebounder, a great defender, can guard anybody. You know, your center, your your point guard, right? All that, but then I remember I actually watched the the last three minutes of this whole uh, Hawks-Sixers game, you know, Game 7 of the Eastern Conference semifinals there, and it was like, he was a liability. You know, this is definitely where they were fouling him intentionally uh, once he got the ball just because they knew he was going to miss a free throw, which he did. Um, So there was all that. Um, I will say, though, that uh, the biggest culprit though is was actually my favorite player of that team, Matisse Steibel. Uh fouled Kevin uh Huerta right uh on the head of a three pointer. Um he made all, all those threes, and I think they were down by like uh it was either like one or two points or maybe four points, and then you know, that the three points afterwards, like that almost sealed the game after that. So and it was due to Matisse Steible there, and then he also missed that uh one of the one of the two free throws after Ben Simmons gave him the ball. If Matisse Seibel made uh you know both free throws, in a way all of it would, would have been forgiven, uh almost, right? Because he ought to have dunked it. But uh, you know, those two points would have just went to the free throws from uh um, Matisse Seibel there. So uh but yeah I think that was my biggest I guess uh takeaway or gripe there. Um I think one thing overall is just, you know, hey, I get the whole mental health thing and and all that. Um, but then there's also that side of like, okay, there's mental health, there's like taking it easy and everything. But then there's also like, okay, uh, what about performance, right? And hey, I get it. Like we're, you know, in this society where everything's about performance, especially in Western cultures. Like it's about perform, perform, perform. If you don't perform, especially if you're a professional athlete, you know you're you're useless. There's no there's no point in your existence. You just make a bunch of money and all that. And I think he just like bought. I think he just read the news. I think he just bought like a, a a a New York City like apartment or whatever or a condo for like twenty million dollars. And it's like, okay, this guy, great. He he just bought a condo for twenty million dollars while well. you know your average person is working their butt off, right? And you know, a, as like a, a garbage truck driver and uh wait like what is the guy doing he's just working out and he's getting but where's the output right where's the performance i think that's the whole thing that why a lot of people just don't like him is that they're not seeing the output um they're not seeing that progression from ben simmons and hey uh, I, we we understand these things from the performance standpoint from the you know mental health standpoint um, definitely got thrown under the bus from you know Embiid and Doc Rivers and all that too after that that uh, snafu at Game Seven. But at the end of the day too, like you got to have that balance between performance and then yeah, sure taking it easy, mental health breaks, all that. Great Jordan, I know Jordan even took a mental health break. That was his whole you know going to play baseball for a year and a half. Uh, you know after his father passed away and everything. I get all that, and obviously he's an intense person. Uh but yeah, he performed, he showed up, you know game on the line, he showed up, Ben Simmons exact opposite does you know doesn't even show up as much on the on the um offensive side too that hasn't really progressed in his career um you know and and I, I think that's where a lot of people are feeling the disappointment of all that potential and just not seeing it come to fruition um on top of you know yeah him getting a large contract and now he's just become this first, pers- this essential meme of like what could have been essentially. Um, and yeah, I, I definitely thought JJ Reddick, it might have been because of, like he was his you know former uh teammate and everything, took it a, a little bit easier, at least allowed him to explain things on him, which I totally get. So, uh, but yeah, it was you know, at least good to see uh, that uh, Benson going out there, but I think he definitely knew. He wasn't gonna do an interview with anybody. It was it would have to be with like somebody like a JJ Redick who was a teammate. I guess they got along with friends um, and kind of had a side. Didn't want to you know be uh do a Diane Sawyer interview with him or something like that. So yeah, those are my thoughts. Yeah,
0: um, I guess my thoughts are more on the like the latter of what you just covered. It's like this guy hasn't talked for more than a year openly about any or all of the situations that he's gone through as part of the 76ers organization. And then in his, I guess, time with the Nets so far, as far as being injured and being, you know, acquired and all that other stuff. So we really never heard from him formally outside of like a very, um, you know, uh, covered media presser where he's sitting at a table buttoned up and having to answer like really pointed questions. Like, of course, he's going to come with like, extremely legal answers so you don't really gather much from those types of like media appearances so him going on jj's show like for sure is the most comfortable setting for him jj and tommy alter are very smart in being on ben's side the entire time and and maybe they are maybe they truly are as being like a former teammate and you know maybe a, a friend of some sort if, if you're tommy or something like that but i just kind of felt like this setting is way too controlled and it was way too like, you know, perfect for Ben to be able to like talk his way out of all the things that I think he did as part of like the Sixers situation, kind of like the the ugly exit that was his time there. And uh we don't know how many video edits and cuts there might have been if there was any awkwardness, but like really I'm sure he probably got a script beforehand and kind of knew what questions were coming and able to kind of compose himself. But he kinda of has this quality to him where it's like you just kind of get a sense that he's kind of like not really telling the full truth or kind of like talking his way out of the things that he did wrong to make maybe the other side look a little bit bad like he tried to explain that Sixer situation as kind of like you know there was definitely fault on their side and like how you know it played out and this and that and like I don't necessarily agree with you know doc rivers and and be pointed you know pointedly talking about Ben and you know his ability to win championships or something like I thought some of that stuff was like a little too much, but most athletes like that's the kind of thing that just motivates you a little bit more um you know maybe you have you know your own opinion that you can go live with uh on on the coach or you know your your you know your teammate there uh in opposition, but uh you know the sensitivity is definitely like were pretty apparent, like from the start, like once there was some sort of, you know, issue to be pointed on with Ben, he was quick to like find the exits and it was like fight or flight. It was like immediately he's, he's fleeing. He's fleeing yeah. from the situation, from the problems and all the while, like didn't really help himself out throughout the way. It was like, you know, the second he wanted out, it was immediate. There was like really no conversations to be had. He didn't, you know, he didn't want to reconcile. He didn't want to find, you know, some sort of bridge. And you just think that, like, at a certain point, if you've been with an organization for a few years and you like Doc, you like Joel, like, you find a way to reconcile maybe some of these differences that you guys had on the court. You know, maybe say your part live in your own presser about how you felt the season went and how you felt some of the situations went. But it's kind of, like, clear to me right away that, like, if that didn't work for Ben, um, you know, he he's very quick to just, you know, end you know, end all discussions and end all negativity and just kind of like find his way out. And uh, the way he was kind of explaining him, you know, going through OTAs and how, you know, uh, you know, Doc was putting him into drills that weren't, you know, real. And he was the first one getting pointed on and called out. And like, that was, you know, leading to, you know, kind of his declining mental health. It was like, I don't I don't know what's going on with Ben. I don't know what like goes on within his head. Um, but I think Shaq also said it best. Like he he's seen people that have gone through like some severe mental health issues where they've been at like rock bottom and he's like witness them at rock bottom. And um he says for everybody else, we all just go through struggles. And like we all go through struggles. Like we all have a tough day at work, we have a tough time, you know, dealing with a partner or a friend or a family member or whatever else. But it's like our struggles the same thing as like having like persistent mental health issues like depression or, you know, um, you know any sort of anxiety or like really hardcore stress? Like I'm just not sure. Like Ben doesn't, you know. And again, like I'm not a I'm not a doctor. I'm not, you know I, I don't have the right to prescribe what's going on with Ben. But it's just like, you know, for him to kind of show up in a lot of these other situations with, you know, a very lax attitude, a very like nonchalant, like the world is dead to me kind of vibe and. Uh, you know things like that it gives me just like a false impression of like what he's really trying to put out there i mean i know his contract situation was also tied to like this ability to point to mental health as like his way of recouping any sort of lost you know income that was coming his way i feel like that was one strong like defense of his agent and him in order to like not have to like incur all the fines that were coming on him from the sixers and like Throughout it all, as we played out last season, I was, like, really for the Sixers camp. Like, I hope they are able to, like, beat this guy in terms of, like, all the penalties they're dropping on him. I hope they're able to, you know, trade him for fair value because, you know, I hate seeing, you know, certain players strong-arm their way out of situations. Like, if I truly felt like a player was wronged, I would want nothing more than that player to to win in his pursuit of getting you know a fair trade or getting out of a a lousy situation like I get that but uh there's just too much along the way where I feel like you know he's talking about a back injury that was like excruciating he had like you know numbness in his leg and this and that and like wasn't able to play game four but like that entire playoff series he was sitting on the bench he was sitting pretty upright in his chair you know, with a neon green suit and some funky sunglasses on like the entire time, like at what point, you know, if you you had this debilitating back injury, wouldn't you just be like at home or in a hot tub or with a trainer or something like out of like the spotlight? And there's just too much with Ben. When I hear him talk, when I hear him like kind of summarize a certain situation where I'm like, alarm bells are kind of going off my head. Like, this just this just doesn't feel right like I don't I don't know how else to put it Um, you know obviously haven't been with him 100% but like yeah I think um, you know him also just calling out Shaq him calling out Charles Barkley on you know their interpretation of everything going down calling both of them ignorant for just saying maybe he lacks some competitive drive I mean it still kind of puts him back at like the same level of maturity we were viewing him at last year and it's like You know, if you were really going through all this stuff, you would just say what is, is, and you wouldn't pay any mind to the analysts for doing their jobs. And, like, it's probably got to hurt to hear guys like Shaq or Barkley talk down on you when you probably grew up idolizing these guys. But, like, in a way, they've kind of got a point, and they, you know, continue to stand behind that. And uh, I don't know, man. I still still think he's a good player. I think he's got a lot of talent, especially defensively, um, facilitating you know, an offense, but he does give me like Rajon Rondo vibes. like when you got a guy like Rondo at certain points in his career where it's like, you know, he's just not going to hit free throws or he's not going to like hit that big jump shot for you. He really does become the liability. You were talking about Wayne where it's like, you just can't trust him on the floor. And like the other team knows like, Hey, that's an easy way to like put some fouls on the guy, put him at the line and, you know, put all the pressure on this guy to like, you know, choke in the big situation and like, he's proved that he can do that and let's just hope he overcomes that for Ben's sake. But uh, yeah, man, this interview didn't do much for me, like in resurrecting, like his character or anything like that. I'm just kind of like, see what happens with Ben, but uh, Ben just kind of seems like he's, he's really about Ben.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah, it I I it it definitely is a mental thing, I think, with uh Ben Simmons. It, but you know, I, I do like the Ron, uh, Rondo comparison. It, yeah, I I I, I yeah, the, the key difference though is yeah, a, Ben Simmons had all the poten- has all the potential in the world, even still, right? Um, you know, is a lot bigger of a point guard than Rondo. Uh but then the one thing about Rondo was that he knew that uh he didn't have a shot. So, you know, later in his career he developed a shot. Actually, I think he shot like above thirty-five uh, percent. You know, a couple seasons in a row there. So, you know, eventually, he took what was seen as a weakness, and he was definitely just getting older, didn't have the same quickness, and you know, all that that he initially had that was kind of his brand of basketball. So he knew that in order to stay in the league and get you know collect those paychecks and everything, uh, I need to hit the spot of threes a little bit more. So, so he worked on that. Um, that's definitely where it's like. Okay, Ben. Like, yeah, you, you do actually have a similar, I guess, style of play as a Rajon Rondo. Like, you know, both of them weren't the greatest free throw shooters, I don't think, and um, you know, great defensive players, you know, playmakers, all that, but at least Rondo was able to, you know, uh they were they were able to space the ball up a little bit with Rajon uh, you know, at, at the one. So um that's certainly where, you know, Ben Simmons really you know, needs to be making that progress with regards to just being It is not that's not even necessarily shooting the three, it's just you know, uh, being assertive on the offensive side. Like, he just completely abandoned any type of assertiveness whatsoever in that Eastern Conference series. And you know, it it seems like, at least from our perceptions, that that's affected him, even wanting to take the court. (laughs) Like, you know, with last year, yeah, obviously, he got hurt. And you know, it's again, we're not doctors, we don't understand the full scope of things, but it's like, like, he was just completely silent, you know, didn't talk want to talk to anybody. Um, and it's like I do like the whole fight or flight thing that you were talking about. because um, it definitely seems like he is much more the the flight or, you know, kind of just deers and deer in the headlight, if you will. Just like, okay, you know, life, whatever it gives, you know, you know, uh, I'll I'll take whatever life gives me. I'm still collecting paychecks, all that. Um, which, you know, I, I get from I guess the mental health standpoint is just okay. Uh you know, I'm just gonna accept, uh, maybe that I am just a you know an overpaid uh former number one pick, right? Uh, but then there's got to be, I think, I think at least from the voyeur standpoint, like just onlookers on his career, on his basketball play, on him as a you know celebrity. It's like I think a lot of people just have more respect if you if you become more, right? You know, I think one example actually somebody brought up was like Andrew Wiggins, right? Um, granted, hey, they're different teams. Anybody can play with the Warriors and reach their potential, right? Um, which it, it seems like that's what Wiggins did this previous year was shutting down, you know, the best wing wing tandem in uh, the NBA last year with uh, Tatum uh, and Brown, um, you know, for, for the Celtics during the finals. But it's like, you know, we, we, we all saw that progression that Wiggins made, became a more efficient player, made an all-star team, you know, did all these things uh and he he eventually also became a better you know three point shooter he wasn't always the best three point shooter started attack the ball great defender used as a athleticism for defending so you know really became a full uh you know uh, an all around player uh all, an all around basketball player that's somewhere where it's like with Ben Simmons we know you can shoot so shoot like you know there's hurdles there mentally um so Yeah, it's it's this interesting conundrum of like, okay, uh, are we just going to be understanding of you performing uh, to not your fullest potential that at least we believe that you can do Uh, versus obviously, hey, uh, you know, I'm good being me. That's okay. I'm going to make my money and screw y'all. Sometimes I, I think it's harder for us as normal people to be like, yeah, that's totally cool fine we would probably do the same thing right because honestly i think at least half of people like if we were to like you know all of a sudden get into uh uh ben simmons body his soul and everything and take over his his life right we might do something similar (laughs) it's just chill just collect the paycheck wear nice clothes date supermodels and all that um but then at the same time it's like a lot of players in ben simmons position you know like kobe bryant like he was he wasn't necessarily some sort of athletic freak in nature like he worked his ass off uh somewhere you know six six like there's a lot of players that are six six and you know never made themselves anything in the nba but um i think a lot of people to see ben simmons they f- see a physical specimen with all the talent in the world um and yeah we would love to be in that situation ideally think that we would show up and become the best player of all time, but yeah, it just hasn't happened. And moments like that, uh, not dunking on Trey young in the paint. Um, it just makes it look pretty bad overall. I think so. yeah. Yeah.
0: And if history, you know, has proved anything really, uh, especially recent history, it's like once you start getting into like these, I guess, uh, types of dialogue within the media and it's more about like dissecting you as far as like your personality your intentions like if we look at a james harden a Kyrie irving two of our favorite guys on this show it's just like it's going to take a lot for him to push through that like push through the perceptions push through the media speculation i mean he's constantly putting out you know buzzworthy clips like this thing is, is just creating like a, a firestorm again. And it's just like, is this going to be what happens for the rest of your career? Are we always going to be talking about the what if, or, you know, we're going to be, you know, now more focused on, you know, your ability to bounce back from all this adversity, you know, over the last years that in part were self-created and it's like some of these guys, like, you know, Kyrie, it's like, they'll put out, you know, these narratives that like the media is against them or, you know, they're fighting against all this adversity. And it's like, when we really like dissect it and look at it again, it's like, well, you played a pretty big part in, you know, stirring a lot of this stuff up uh, within us. So um, it ultimately just comes down to like how much they want to sacrifice for the game itself. Like, like you're saying, these guys are collecting massive paychecks and if they're getting absolutely ripped apart by people, like it's gotta, I mean, it's gotta be tough for Ben to go through the stuff that he goes through with like, how people react to, you know, his actions, but, you know, are these guys really committed to the game of basketball to being the greatest of all time? And I think that's where Shaq and Charles come from. It's like, we're from the era of like, you know, punishment, hard work. Uh, You know, we're trying to make sure that anything that we say is critical in the sense of getting you to the next level and getting you through the next level after that and the next one after that, because, it's so hard to win a championship and it's much harder to win multiple ships as one of the, you know, the greatest players on the floor. So like they see that talent in Ben and they're ultimately like pretty disappointed at the rowdies he's decided to take. So I think that's where it comes from. Um, man, it's, it's going to take a lot from to, especially if he's battling some sort of like mental, uh, you know, difficulties, like it can be hard for him to like shape that up and be, you know, a, a, a all
1: time great at that Yeah, no, for sure, and you know he's what twenty six years old. Mm -hmm. Um, still has prime years ahead of him. Uh, is in, you know, it's definitely a kind of a funky situation, but they certainly have uh players, at least in the basketball sense, that kind of complement him in that. Uh, they, you know, kind of like you know with Kyrie, uh, he's. I think Ben Simmons is happy to you know, not go two for 16 and just hand the ball off to, you know, two of the best shot creators uh, in like NBA history, right. With Kevin Durant and Kyrie. So I think he's in a good situation in that sense. So, you know, Hey, if they can make a run in the playoffs and he performs well, you know, does he like completely redeem himself as all forgiven? You know, maybe not, but I feel like that's like a step in the right direction is if he can show up, contribute and, you know, be as good of a player as, you know, a lot of players, a lot of people think that he can be, he doesn't have to shoot threes. Right. You know, I think that's one good thing about his situation. They have plenty of three point shooters, plenty of shot creators, you know, if he can be that kind of dream on green a little bit, just kind of a playmaker could play good defense. Uh, you know, uh, he's, he's he's definitely been like an aggressive person, like around the paint, like he'll, you know, finish and, and things like that. So like he, he's very much capable of, you know, scoring around the paint. It's just, yeah, not really a shot, a shooter. So, which I think is good for, you know, he's an awesome passer, great court sense and then defense. And I think if you can do that for this team uh, with the Nets, like, you know, they, and uh, and uh, Kyrie and KD, you know, show up, uh, then I think they can definitely be a force to be reckoned with. So um, hopefully, you know, his story isn't finished uh, and he can help create the story that he wants. And, you know, for basketball Fans' sake, hopefully, it is something like maybe more so the Andrew Wiggins down the future. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I have a pretty high expectation of what the Nets should be this year, especially after their, you know, off season. They get through all the rumblings, grumblings, and still bring back, you know, the core of their team plus, you know, a few, you know, free agent acquisitions, trade acquisitions. Like they did a pretty good job at shaping up you know, this new uh, version of the Nets, and I want to just see it on the floor, like we wanted to see Harden, Kyrie, KD play like a full year together, which didn't happen. We want to see this happen because it's better for basketball. It's better for basketball to have, you know, the Eastern Conference be as strong as it can be. The West, you know, perennially is pretty strong too, so, you know, we're seeing a lot of, you know, big stars emerging in the game, you know, creating a new kind of like top 20 in the game, but, uh, you know, wanting to see their franchises be at their know, absolute peaks when we get to playoff season. But, uh, you know, with that, um, you know, the Nets have high expectations, so do the Celtics. But, uh, you know, as we've seen, Wayne, the Celtics are going to look a little different this year, especially on the sidelines. Uh, uh, We had um, Ime Udoka, the head coach of their team, actually get recently suspended for a full season to what we know as, um, you know, an issue with having consensual sex with a staff member but that there is more to this story that is not fully disclosed, but in the same way paints a picture that something happened behind the scenes, uh, you know, beyond, you know, the simple transgression of uh, having sex that, you know, with a staff member that goes against uh, the team's policy. So um, did you have any sort of, Initial thoughts to this that have maybe changed over over time with recent reports and uh you know, do you think the penalty is fair? And you know, what would you do if you're the Celtics and maybe, you know, what would you do if you're Adoka at this point?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a there's definitely a lot of feel like uh things to touch base on here. Um, but you know, at least with regards to like suspensions, right? I think I think it's hard for I mean it's hard for me to understand sometimes too, but it's like yeah, a lot of suspensions, contracts, right? Like it's not fair. Nothing is ever fair. Just like with life, right? Not to be all like, you know, downtrodden or cynical about stuff, but none of this is fair. And that's okay. Like that's part of the thing. Like you know, we talk about Lamar Jackson, his contract versus just Des- Deshaun Watson, right? Like, is that fair? No, it's not. Model citizen quarterback, MVP, like you know, killing it versus some guy sitting in the sideline right now and. Uh, you know, has he's not been convicted of like you know rape at all? He's but it's just been a lot of shady stuff, and I think even his contract says that he has to use a masseuse. That's part of the team. Like, can't go to like you know some uh, massage parlors. You know, uh, you know things like that. So, like, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Like, and another thing too is like we ought not to be thinking about like I don't know why there's this whole idea that like the NFL and NBA or, or MLB like ought to be this moralistic uh you know entity or, or association like they're not they're just people just like us you know and i think when you put that uh um degree on them to, to be like better people than us because just you know they're more athletic and the the best uh athletes of you know f- human specimens possible uh you know i don't i don't think that's uh that's fair for either them or you know, us as a society, just, just judge these people as like, you know, perfect people. Like, not everybody is Lamar Jackson. And uh, knock on the wood, like, I hope Lamar Jackson, like, nothing comes out with Lamar Jackson or anything like that. But, you know, um, he's definitely has handled himself as well as possible. Same, like, even with LeBron James, you know, off the court, right? Um, so, all that being said, nothing is fair. Suspensions aren't fair. You know, it doesn't make sense that Udoka got the same, like, level of suspension as you know, uh, like fights that, uh, you know, I, the malice in the palace and stuff like that. I know some of them got suspended, you know, for the remainder of the season, just for that. And, you know, it's not even the, um, there was nothing on the court that happened. Uh, no, uh, it, it wasn't, uh, sexual assaults, at least from my, our, our understanding it, for me it, and, you know, work in the corporate world and everything, it feels like, you know, it has to do more on the legal HR corporate, setting rather than it has to do anything with like the more legality or oh what 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 do the um uh uh predecessors of suspension look like for you know certain situations like this i think it has like maybe a lot more so to do with uh you know having that corporate culture and and all that which is very boring that being said, I would not be surprised if there was oh Joko was sleeping with you know I think the biggest rumor has been like sleeping with the executive's wife or something like that right um and they definitely have been I, I don't think that the Celtics have been necessarily handling it maybe the best with regards to anything like that you know because if they were to to, to to like deny that or whatever and then it came out like oh he actually did then they would look bad so um yeah so i I, I guess I understand where the Celtics are coming from, from withholding some information and, you know, um, kind of being very vague about things and not, not saying too much. But I think honestly, at least the boring answer is that it more so has to do with like HR and legal and, and all that rather than uh, a full out, um, you know, uh, he, he did some, he he did some dirty with some people's wives or whatever so at least that's what i think otherwise i think he would have been fired uh immediately or something like that if something like that really did happen so yeah
0: yeah i guess i was kind of surprised like why didn't he get fired like why did he get suspended for a year um why is he accepting that i think that a lot of those questions come to my mind because now it's like they bring in uh, Joe Mazullo, who's going to take over as head coach. He's going to do that for a full season. I mean, is there any scenario where Ime Udoka just finds his way back into head coaching spot? I mean, like the Celtics would have to be mm-hmm. so bad this year, underperform to a point where they're at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, you know, playoff standings, and they get you know first round exit, something like that, where it's like truly shocking. Yeah, where I feel like Udoka, you know, gets back in the mix as their head coach. And from U- Udoka's perspective, it's just like what he actually did must be pretty bad because why would you take a year-long suspension, sit on the sidelines with no guarantee that you'll be the head coach of the Boston Celtics again when you're just coming off of, uh, you know, a finals appearance yet, you know, just, just great, uh, you know, reports behind you as – as a head coach in your first season, it's like, for me, I'd just be like, man, fire me because I'll just go out and take a job with whoever. Like, I'll go coach for the Magic or the Charlotte Hornets or, you know, Portland Trail, whoever it is. Like, I'll just go find another job. And, uh, you know, when I first heard the reports, I was kind of, you know, taken aback, like you were saying with Deshaun Watson. It's like, okay, we, well, we give Deshaun Watson 11 games for, you know, abusing 20 plus, you know, massage therapist. And, you know, we give Kareem Hunt only eight games for domestic violence. And uh, we let Tyreek Hill off the hook for, you know, domestic violence with his son and stuff. And it's just baffling to me, you know, how some of these situations kind of work out with suspensions and everything else. But like, to me, what ultimately resonated the most was uh, Matt Barnes actually put out a, uh, a video on Instagram where he was basically Um, covering his own tracks on his initial uh, reaction to everything. So he first reacted the same way I am, where it's like, whoa, like consensual consensual sex. Like, I know it's against the team policy, but a year, like, you got to be kidding me. Like, you know, both parties agreed and this and that. But he basically said that, you know, although it's not being reported, he had talked to sources within like the Boston Celtics organization. Like, it's far worse than any of us are thinking. So you know, just gets me to like kind of thinking like maybe there was some harassment involved in this or, you know, maybe not everything was consensual or maybe there was just other elements, other layers to this. But, uh, you know, it's hard to like fully weigh in and give like an honest take or opinion without all the facts. And because we're dealing in so much obscurity right now, it's like my ultimate takeaway is like, what are we waiting for with firing this guy? And what are we waiting for if you're Udoka, if the NBA is not going to come in and say, you know, you're suspended further, you can't coach for this whole season? Like, mm-hmm. why not make yourself available to make some more money? Like, mm-hmm. you know, just generally speaking, and uh, you know, all this, uh, all this, like aside, like, yeah, I, I definitely have sympathy for you know the woman that was involved in the situation. If there's something like beyond consensual sex like what the report is what the team policies are like this truly was like a you know a a harassment situation or something that's caused like lingering effects like obviously that's you know very important um also in all this i just say i don't want that to get lost in the situation it's just like yeah man this whole thing is is very puzzling um it makes it very hard for people to draw like accurate conclusions and everybody's talking like out of their ass for the most part about like, <laughs> what the situation is. And like, yeah, it's just not good for anybody involved in this. So like, if we just get like a little bit more clarity on what happened, yeah. that would, that would just save everybody in all this.
1: Yeah, no, there's so much speculation. It's one of those, like, you know, a lot of people, when they don't fully see all of the elements into a story, they'll come up with their own story and it's usually the worst uh, that we think of. Cause that's how, that's how just, we like stories sometimes, you know, there's a reason why reality TV is always like, you know, the highest rated uh, shows on television, right? It's just, it's, it's just trash. We like to see sometimes. So um, kind of like, you know, uh, burning wrecking cars and on the highway. Right. Um, I, I, I think the one thing that I'm thinking about now is like, you know, what if the Celtics, like, you know, hey, we made the finals with the Doka. Like, that doesn't always happen. Like, maybe we do want to keep him. You know, maybe they did talk with, like, uh, Tatum and Brown and whoever, and think, like, yeah, we want to keep him and everything, right? Um, maybe the idea, though, again, kind of going to this whole, like, you know, boring corporate HR thing, right, is, like, what if, you know, they, they obviously can't fire the woman, right? Because um, if they fire her, then because he is a he is a uh a higher position than she is i'm assuming i don't again i, I don't think she then this is where we just don't know but you know just thinking it, he's of a higher position than she is you know, just that's probably what it is um then uh they can't fire her so maybe they're just waiting for her to find another job <laughs> you know i don't know something stupid like that uh because yeah, you know, I, I, I'm guessing that him and Neil Long are now done now, right? Um, I don't know. If he <laughs> yeah. wants yeah, probably right. I don't know because from my understanding is that he uh was contacted by the Celtics to end the relationship, right? And to like stop contacting her in in, in their normal, like, you know, romantic ways or whatever. He didn't do that, like he still can continue to uh advanced on her you know they were both contacted like hey please stop the relationship like this is inappropriate and then they still at least he did uh, from my understanding still contacted her so now i'm thinking like is this like they're just trying to give her time maybe also to like find a new job make it not look as conspicuous of like oh you know you're just leaving because of this um you know, maybe they do want to, I don't know, maybe they do want to spend the rest of their, <laughs> their lives together. Maybe if that's the case, then maybe this is like, okay, Udoku, you did some super stuff. This isn't, this isn't going to look good. There's going to be a lot of shit being said, but <laughs> we're, you're going to be suspended for the, you know, for the remainder of the season. Do you love her? Great. Okay. You find a new you know, uh, you find a new job and everything. Udoku, you stay here you know, uh, because we need you because that's how it works, like, if you can do something, we'll overlook all your stupid, th- you know, clo- uh, stuff in, in your closet. I mean, isn't that the whole thing, like, uh, the hot girl index, right? Like, the the guys, we'll, we'll, we'll put up through a ton of crap, right? A ton of crap just because you're hot. If you're, like, a couple degrees less hot, you know, okay. Yeah, not, not as much. Not as much. Like, there's the hot factor it's the same thing with like coaches players and, and leagues right it's just how it is it's how you know we're trained at you know from people right so maybe the idea is that they're moving you know these pieces in order to keep a doco a doca uh and then so she can find a new job and they can live happily ever after and <laughs> he's still a Celtics coach i don't know but again we don't know because they're not sharing the facts so we're making up stories
0: exactly yeah it's like we've got to kind of continue to fill in the blanks with all this stuff um but but i think even where you're getting at makes sense in theory like there'd have to be enough of a carrot attached to the stick for a doka to stick around and to like wait to see what you know opportunities may exist with them within the organization moving forward because you know, in today's NBA, in today's NFL, in today's MLB, there's always going to be money elsewhere. There's always going to be opportunity elsewhere, especially when you've proven yourself on the highest of levels. And like, you know, if you're as good as Udoka is in his first year with the team that, you know, to to a lot of our opinions were like a middle of the road team until they really, you know, showed out on the defensive end and these stars took a leap. It's like he could do that for any other organization. So. Um, we'll see what materializes with this situation but overall um, yeah my reactions off the bat were pretty strong like kind of in udoka's offense but as these you know stories and details have played out i mean like in other situations it's it's good to like keep yourself in check before you you know scramble to judgment right off the bat because a lot of this stuff happens for a reason there's a lot you know like I don't think consensual sex would immediately lead to a year suspension unless there was more to it. And, you know, even though it wasn't reported off the bat, like a lot of stuff pops up at the very end or along the way. So kind of keep yourself in check and, uh, you know, really hope that there's no, uh, you know, psychological damage involved in this or, you know, any sort of embarrassing information or anything else like tied to the woman involved, the women that could be involved within the organization, uh, et cetera. It seemed like Brad Stevens was pretty shaken up, you know, shaken up about the whole thing and, you know, just on the women's, uh, you know, angle of this and everything else. So uh, we'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, glad, glad we covered that. Um, to kind of wrap up this show, um, looking at the NFL, we have the perennial Pro Bowl uh, competition. That game is now scrapped. Uh, in place of a flag football game and other skills competitions, Wayne, did you have any thoughts or reactions around this at all?
1: Finally, uh, the Pro Bowl <laughs> is always trash. So I, <laughs> I think several like fall, Hall of Fame uh, NFL players have come out and so like, "Yeah, this this makes sense." Players are just making way too much money to be like, "Why are we doing this?" Right? Or taking it seriously, um, and a lot of them just honestly, they just. Don't show up, and it creates this. It really just uh, kind of just you know takes that uh, the uh, pre- prestige of being a pro bowler out of it anyway. So it's like, what's the point of this? So um, I think it makes sense to just make it. Yeah, flag football still have these fun skill competitions, which you know I I definitely see, and, and you know a lot of them are great. You know for like social media, like Instagram or whatever, just like. A short, you know, five-minute session of just like watching, like I don't know, Jalen Ramsey like trying to uh, block uh, or, or pick off a pass from, uh, you know, uh, Justin Herbert or something like that, uh, in like a, a like a soccer goal or something like that, right? Like fun stuff. I think that is good for the game, keeps the light. Like you know, if it's gonna be like in places like Hawaii or I think it's gonna be like in Vegas, uh, this 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 coming off season here. Um, then it's like yeah just make it fun like who nobody really cares like just just get the players there have you know have have them have a good time and you know show some things uh on social media and and i think that'd be great for the game so yeah it makes sense
0: yeah i think a lot of the just all-star game stuff in general is kind of hokey uh especially with football such a dangerous sport like really don't want to see, I mean, who's actually competing in a tackle football game at the end of the year when you've gone through, you know, now what's seven, you know, 17 weeks of football, um, you know, playoffs, et cetera. It's like these guys put it on the line every week. And even then it's, it's extremely dangerous. So to bring it to a, you know, just a trivial all-star game with no implications, it's just like completely pointless. Like, I don't know if I'll be truly into the skills competitions. Like, I felt like as a kid, I always liked the home run derby and slam Dunk contests and some of the stuff the NBA's been putting on. Um, the all-star games, I mean, baseball is a little bit more legitimate. It's run a little bit, you know, tighter than maybe the, the NBA's all-star game is, which is kind of like usually a 150 point to 140 point affair, which is like just kind of no fun to watch as a basketball fan because nobody's playing defense. So it's like maybe we just gotta rethink like what it is to be an all-star. And, uh, I think the reason why I brought this up is like, I guess I just like at the year's end, it'd just be nice to know, like who the writers thought was part of the all-star team. Like just in theory, I don't need to watch you guys play it out. I just want to know, like, who are the top 15 guys in the like Eastern conference versus the top 15 guys in the Western conference and the NBA and. For the Pro Bowl, like, tell me, who who's the full roster, AFC, NFC? Who are the starters? Like, who did you guys truly recognize as the best players at their positions for this year? Like, that kind of stuff matters to me. But, like, yeah, I guess sometimes, like, watching it out in practice, like, it, uh you know, it prolongs the season. It prolongs, like, the break in the middle of the year when we're just, like, kind of wanting to watch, like, actual competition to – just make time for this other stuff. And uh I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting a little older. I think as a kid, like that kind of stuff was like super cool. And maybe it is super cool to kids still. But like, yeah, man, I don't know. It just feels like these guys have so much going on and load management is now a thing. And guys are getting injured so much in all sports where it's like, just give these guys some time off or something. And like, I don't know, man. Just like wrap this shit up.
1: Yeah, maybe just have them. Pull. This is definitely where it's like, well, yeah, maybe we create like uh, I don't know, like an AI or like uh, the metaverse, right? I don't know that's a thing, right? <laughs> like, yeah, just have a metaverse like avatar of like you know uh, Derek Henry running into you know uh, uh, Kenny Clark or something like that from the Packers. Like I don't know, something like that. Just, just, just maybe we just watch like a big Madden game instead, you know. <laughs> and And just have the players play and just do that instead, like it's 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 become that. it's like okay, you get the recognition, right? is that all like you want us to do anything else? Maybe it's just that <laughs> we just give them the recognition, don't have to play a game, uh, you know, maybe we just get have them tell us some stand up comedy. I don't know, like <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah like get, get, yeah
0: just get these guys together and do like family reunion stuff like have them do like a pie eating yeah. contest or like yeah. eggs on a spoon races or, or like potato sack races like just <laughs> just stupid stuff man i don't know like yeah don't well, know, just it, entertain us a little bit
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. well uh, yeah i think my my point is like okay yeah, yeah. like you're the uh you know here are the 15 top players and everything like do you does it really matter if they compete and like Hey, I, I get that there was like an MVP at the end or whatever, uh, you know, for, for a lot of these all star games. But it, then it's like, I don't know, does that really matter? Like, in the end of the day, does it really matter? Like, I, I think out of like all the Hall of Fame accolades, like it's probably like the least on the on the on the totem pole there. Right. Um. So, you know, that's that's always where I'm just like, you know, get them together, whatever, have fun, you know. Again, these people are just getting hurt. You know, load management's a the thing. They're only playing either more games or they're just their schedules are just, are just getting crazier. So it's like, you know, sometimes they just want a day off, right? And yeah, you know, the, the, their bodies are their product. So yeah, you might as well uh, um, just give them some time. So yeah.
0: All right. Well, I'm gonna hold out hope
1: that Josh Allen
0: and uh, Lamar Jackson go one on one in a connect four uh competition the next uh pro bowl or what have you but uh i don't know man yeah just just let's uh let's put this to 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 bed uh you know all sort of all-star game talk and activities and stuff but uh anyways pretty pretty long episode here uh wayne do you have any any other outside thoughts uh closing thoughts that you want to put um you know in this episode
1: yeah, um, uh, I'm just reading a report about uh, butter and cheese consumption just hit a <laughs> new record high this last year. Um curious, Pat, what is your favorite kind of butter and cheese? All right, so butter for sure is, uh, is uh, Kerrygold
0: Irish butter. I don't know if you've had this stuff. It is legit. It's probably from, like, cows in Ireland, like, in, like specifically, and I'm not going to lie, man, before you try this, I want you to do one thing. Go to the grocery store this weekend. Uh, if it's a boutique grocery store, even better. And buy like the warmest, freshest baguette that you can, like starting in that morning. And then I want you to go right to the cold aisle and grab Kerrygold butter off the shelf. Cut up like a quarter of that thing and just put it all over that baguette. Throw it in the oven. For like split in half, throw it in the oven. You want to drop some like garlic powder or some uh, oregano over the top. Put that thing in the oven for like 15 minutes, and I swear to God, you're 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 just gonna die. You're just gonna sit in your couch or your chair. You're gonna like fade away in that thing for like an hour, just thinking about how good that experience was. So that's number one. I think you also asked for my your my favorite cheese. Generally, man, this is tough, man. This is like man. This is like trying to pick the AFC NFC this year, but uh, (laughs) it's tough, man. It goes on one or two levels. like, I love like a really stinky, like white cheddar or Parmesan. It just has like that super sharp tang to it. You can pair it with like a good wine. Um, You you can just eat it straight. You can eat it with cracker bread, whatever else. Um, Meats, you can just like grate it over meats. Like, it's just like that. Or um, I'm like a blue cheese gargonzola guy too which I think is just like, I can eat it straight. Like I can eat, you know, that on a cracker, put a little honey over the top. Uh, You know, I could put it on a burger. I could put it on a steak. Like I could put it on pizza. Like I could, I could do it any single way. You know, I could dip my wings in it. I don't know. (laughs) I get crazy, man. I get crazy. But uh, man, that's probably my overview, man. So I've got the Kerrygold butter and I want you to get on that white cheddar or I want you to get on blue cheese garganzole. But, Wayne, I'll
1: okay. kick that question right back to you. Okay. I mean, both of those sound awesome. I'll probably do that now. Uh, <laughs> carry gold with some bread. Okay. Uh, I like how you described that, that sequence. It was very dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready for it somehow. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you are mentally, yeah, you are like, okay, I, I know the structure. I got this. <laughs> so, uh, butter. My favorite butter is, uh, is probably is Telamook. Tillamook okay. Butter out of Oregon, um, you know, was able to go to uh, their, like, uh, uh, like their headquarters over there in Oregon, but, you know, they, they, they serve awesome butter, uh, just the best. They they also do, like, um, ice creams, too, so you might be mm-hmm. able to find that, like, in a Kroger or something like that, because um, I, I think they ship nationally. I, I actually saw, you know, some Tillamook here, which I was like, oh, <laughs> they made it big. Good for them. I had no idea that they were, like, a national brand, so. Um yeah, really good uh, ice creams and really good uh, cheese, um, you know, either just for cooking or, yeah, for baking or, yeah, even just a simple thing on, like, a bagel or, or bread, too. Um, and then my favorite cheese, hands down, it's got to be, you know, whenever there's a charcuterie board, you know, you see the crackers, you see the cheeses, I'm like, all right, who's going for the brie? Because I'm going to go <laughs> for the brie. I'm going to wipe that shit out. Right it's, now. So soft. It's, so soft. it's so soft and gooey, and I love it. So I'll I'll make sure I get I see the brie. I make eye contact with it. I make eye contact with everybody else that's looking at the cheese, at and I give them the stink eye, and I just go straight for the brie. I go for the brie first, and then I pick out the cracker. That's how I roll. So yeah. Man, Respect for the brie. I respect for charcuterie boards like
0: (laughs) coming in hot over the last five years, especially. I feel like in my life, like you know, nothing kind of gets me more excited than when like you sit down at a nice restaurant or like maybe you're at a winery or something, and they just come with like that huge slab of wood, and you've just got like three or four meats and like three or four cheeses, maybe some pickles on the end. Like (laughs) in my mind, it's just so simple. It's like Lunchables, you know, grown up, but it's just like you have a good wine next to it or whatever else you're drinking. It's just like, man, your day is set. If you got sunshine that day, like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the weekend. Your weekend is just made.
1: Yeah, no, we're, we're all just a bunch of kids, man. Like, yeah, like (laughs) lunchable, that's what a board is, you know, boxed wine. Like we had that, we had boxed juice, you know, growing up putting in like like our lunch boxes. So, you know, why not? Right. Um, Yeah. That's, we're basically just grown uh, children. (laughs)
0: simply put yes yes we we definitely are we're still kids at heart um man dude i don't know if you're done with your final thought but now like (laughs) i'm completely frazzled i don't even have like i'm salivating yeah i don't have anything (laughs) to come back with i'm thinking about all these dairy products and everything else but uh yeah yeah man no ditto i uh you know unfortunately i wasn't able to find this competitor i was speculating a little bit with uh you know olive garden going head to head with Applebee's and uh, TGI Fridays now on these, uh, you know, food wars and things like that. Like I still, it's going to take me a long time to get out and do, you know, these, the, the you know, these places that are on my list now, but uh, you know, in general this weekend, it's supposed to, it's supposed to rain a ton hurricane uh, Ian is, is blowing its way through the South, going to come up the, you know, the Southeast coastline. So Virginia going to get it. I'm, was supposed to go golfing this weekend. I think that's scrapped and I was supposed to have a baseball game. That's going to be scrapped too. So I'm going to park up with some NFL football on Sunday. Just enjoy my time, uh, you know, expecting my fantasy team to win more than, you know, cross my fingers for a bears victory. But uh, yeah, in general, love having NFL back. Can't believe it's week four already. And uh, excited to see how the rest of the MLB shakes out and, Hopefully, we're able to cover our playoff uh, episode pretty soon.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'll probably be doing the same thing for my NFL Sundays as well, uh, except I don't have, you know, an act of God <laughs> keeping me <laughs> in. It's more so just like, wow, it's getting a little bit chilly outside. And what am I going to do? I'm just going to chill inside and, you know, watch TV. A grown men like, playing a kid's game. Like, nothing wrong with that. So, man, yeah.
0: it's, it's It's the greatest part of the year kind of ending, like, Seriously every Sunday if i do nothing but watch football i'm totally happy and then like if you have a couple buds over it just makes like the whole mm-hmm. you know day that much better i don't know it's just a good time yeah. of the year i think only like those that follow football really understand it i know <laughs> for some of our wives or significant others like who don't like the game like they're they're just like how do you actually sit sit down and watch the TV for like 10 hours straight, but like everybody else who does gets it. So uh, anyways, man, um, great episode. We'll catch up more on the ball and breakfast podcast uh, with Wayne Pua. I'm Patrick Miller uh, signing off for this edition.
1: Thanks all.